of the Stampede Wrestling Show. Welcome, everybody, to another week of Powerhouse Radio and the Heartbeat Radio Show right here. Your guest is Johnny Man. Your guest host tonight is Johnny Mantell. And I've already got Bruce Hart on the air with us. we got a big night tonight. got a big night right here on the radio show for you. Bruce, how are you tonight, my friend? Oh, not bad, Johnny, and uh, it's really nice to have you uh, back, uh, guys, and I'm delighted that your uh, wife, Kay, is uh, uh, chosen to uh, join us tonight. That, uh, it's awesome, and got some great guests, from what I'm told, you know, so I'm, uh, I'm really uh, looking forward to uh, sharing perspectives with some of them, you know, Joyce Grable and uh, Diane Van Hoffman and... Karma, Awesome Kong, you know, and um, I think there's a few others uh, that I that I'm uh, told will be joining us. Uh, another one named Melissa Coates, who was uh, you know in WWE and uh, some of those TNA and all that. So it should be a good cross section. You know, we uh, we were supposed to have Ann Casey, who was. Uh, I was looking forward to talking to her too, but she had some last-minute uh, health issues. I heard, so uh, she's going to join us another time. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm uh, delighted that uh, some of those uh, girls and uh, yourself have uh, chosen to join us tonight. Should be uh, should be fascinating to hear some of the, uh, the stories and uh, whatever else. So. Well, I know I know I'm excited to uh, get started. We got a great again. We got a great group of women calling in tonight, and our first guest on with us, Bruce, is a legendary and one of the greats of this business, Joyce Grable. Joyce, how are you? I am doing great. I sure huh? am. I am over my little sickness right now, and I am looking forward to a better tomorrow. It's great to hear your voice, Joyce. I uh, I uh, appreciate your coming on, and I'm ecstatic. Uh, you know, uh, you're one of the uh, legends of the uh, ladies' wrestling scene for years. Well, I and, always uh, enjoyed coming to Calgary. You know, cause oh, oh yeah, you always did a great a job. You know. yeah. I yeah, sure it all- did. It was always a lot of fun when you were up here, you know, and uh, you were sort of one of the leaders up here. You always sort of, uh, you know, kind of uh, made sure everything worked smoothly, and uh, you you're kind of the uh, leader of the pack up here. But those were the days when the girls, uh, you know, they, they were sort of touring, you know, they went, made all the circuits, you know, all the territories, and you guys probably uh, had a better perspective, I would think, just of all the, uh, you know, all the little things about these territories, uh, maybe better than almost anyone. You know, you guys would come in for, uh, you know, two, three weeks and, you know, kind of have a bird's eye view of everything and get to kind of interact with uh, 
you know, the boys and see the, you know, what was getting over and what wasn't, and hear all the stories. And and then you guys probably yeah. got more stuff than anyone, you know. So. Yes, uh, and I loved it when we had the territories that it wasn't just one person ruling the whole country. The oh, yeah, that was uh, the beauty of it, you know, and you yes, had all these different, you know, for yes, so many yes. reasons, you had all these different styles, yes. and, you know, it must have been, a, in its own way, a blast for you guys, because uh, every territory was kind of different, you know, you had these promoters like Stu or Nick Goulas or Dory Sr. or uh, Don Owens or... Eddie Graham or whoever, Leroy or whatever, and then you kind of get to see them, and you, you know, every territory had a sort of a different style too. You know, there were certain territories that were, you know, uh, like the Sheik's territory where you had more crazy stuff going on, or you had because more. Because what kind got over in one territory didn't get over in the other territory. You know, you yeah. have to give the people what they wanted. And every territory didn't want the same thing, you know. Oh, yeah. Uh, I remember uh, when you were up here, I always used to appreciate your perspectives when I was booking up here because uh, you, you had some excellent insights into uh, just the uh, things that were getting over and that weren't and why they were getting over. And I remember more than a few times you'd tell us, you know, I'd, ask you about a wrestler that uh, wanted to come in here and you'd say he was uh, a great worker you know he's got a lot of talent or whatever and uh, I always uh, appreciated and valued your your insights you know you, you guys had, you know saw more than almost anyone you'd been almost everywhere and you're seeing what was getting over and what wasn't and who was hot and who was not and all that other you know so but uh, yeah I, I always uh, enjoyed you guys coming up here, and uh, our business always jumped when you guys came up, too. You guys always were a good shot in the arm, you know, and, uh, and you guys always got along. That was one of the things that really impressed me. Uh, it couldn't have been easy for you guys, too, you know, you kind of going to from here to there. Together, to but, travel together. And yeah, you guys were uh, what we used to call troop, troopers, you yes. know, you guys got along with everyone, and... Uh, you know, uh, every, everyone, uh, everyone, my dad included, my dad used to have the highest record for you guys. You know, he, he'd sort of been around the girls for as far back as uh, maybe Mildred Burke and them, you know. And uh, you guys were among the best that um, ever were in the business, you know, and, uh, in retrospect, you know, uh, which is why you guys lasted. You guys had you know, such a long run, and you probably got more perspectives about the girls than darn near anyone, because you sort of transcended the, the eras, you know, from uh, maybe people like Moolah and Judy Grable and, uh, you know, Cora Coombs, and uh, maybe some of them all the way to the present, right. you know, you guys almost sort of bridged that gap, you know? Right. Yeah, and then but, things started to change in the 80s. <laughs> yeah, you know, and uh, I can't say for the better, you know, it's sort of like this feast yeah. or famine, you know, and, um, you know, I've sent girls to WWE and all that other, but uh, no, it's not the same. It's sort of like a feast or famine, you know, if you're maybe one of the select few so-called divas or whatever you, you might be, uh, 
maybe making decent money, you know, like that. But, you know, there's far fewer people in the politics and all the other uh, elements, which I guess we can get into later. But, yeah, it's, it's not the same, you know, for anyone, you know. And, um, yeah, I, that, Johnny and I have talked about it on this show before, but I'm not sure if the business, you know, is anywhere near as... Uh, solid or healthy you know it's kind of uh you got pretty much all the eggs in one basket you know and that basket seems to be uh being held precariously at the yeah. best of times you know so i hey, George, i often George, I, uh, I got a question for you and i know this is going off track from where we're going about the change in the business but as you as you all traveled around the country and i guess i never paid any attention or did, did did a lot of the bookers try to step in and get you guys to do more than you were coming in to do for your two or three week run, or or how did that how did that operate? Yeah, uh, sometimes they would, but most of the time we'd go along with it. Uh, I would always call Moolah <laughs> and, and I'd say, <laughs> "Look, Bill Watts wants me to wear a bikini on on the uh, interview next week," and and she said, a bikini? And I said, yeah. I, well, it was Tony Rose, Donna, and Vicki Williams. So I was the only, I mean, that, they pointed to me. Yeah, I was the youngest and, and stuff, so they all three pointed to me. She'll do it. And so, uh, <laughs> but I called Moolah and I said, look, do I need to do this? She said, if that's what they want, you know, go ahead. You, you know, uh uh, but, you know, I was always real picky about what I would do and what I wouldn't do uh, with certain things, you know, uh, because sometimes they could ask you to do, even back then, they could ask you to do some weird stuff. And, you know, you, you just had to use your own judgment, uh, either yes or no, and, you know, because sometimes they would really be ribbing you, but... You didn't really know if they were ribbing you or not. And, <laughs> yeah, that, uh, was, <laughs> that was all part of it, too, the ribs, you know. They were, uh, yeah. You know, uh, yeah. But, but I, had, I did wear the bikini on the interview. Out, uh, but, see, I was the good girl then. You know, me and Vicky <laughs> with baby faces. And, and I was young and dumb and, and just, uh, you know, and had a good figure back then. And. And I wore my little black bikini out on the on the interview, and uh, but just about I mean, like when Oli, you know, had the two girls against the two guys in the Omni for the first time ever at '83, I was one of those two girls, uh, and I was pretty well up for just about anything stupid to do. I jumped out of a box one time against uh, Weintroff, uh, me and. Uh, Went on a little heart. They had us in a big old box. I boxed another lady before. I, I did a lots of stuff. And just because the promoters asked me to do it, you know. Uh, it, I, like I said, you know, I was pretty much okay with it. Uh, I didn't like going to El Salvador that much when Moolah sent me to El Salvador. Uh, who was, was that? Was that for Carlos, or was that uh, which? Who was the promoter yeah. there then? 
Let me see. No, El Salvador was for, oh, God, what was that guy's name? Uh, no, it wasn't Carlos Colon, though. It was for someone else. Jovica. Uh, yeah. Uh, no, no, no. It wasn't for Puerto Rico at all. It wasn't for anyone in the Puerto Rico office. Uh, Victor. Diane Von Hoffman and myself went down there. And, like, at night you could hear gunshots. And the next morning you'd go to another town and you'd see dead bodies on the side of the road. And, I mean, oh, the first night I asked for my passport back. And he, he wouldn't give me my passport because he knew I, I would be leaving. And uh, but six, I had stayed in there six weeks, and that was the longest six weeks of my life. Trust me, that was even, lo- even longer than Calgary. <laughs> yeah, even longer. Hey, the long trips in Calgary were were short compared to what you had to listen to down there. And uh-huh. chickens, you'd be sitting there eating supper, you know, and chickens and all this stuff would come walking in and pick your toes and, and stuff. And I mean, it's a totally different world down in El Salvador, you know, a different country, totally different world. Was it, a, was it a complete territory where you were working six or seven nights a week, or was it just a four- or five-night kind of deal? Four nights a week. Yeah. Wow, so then you had to hey, sit there three nights a week. Three, but I had the best tan I have ever had. <laughs> I did. I, in fact, I got some pictures, and I'm darker than some of the uh, El Salvadorians. And I said, look here, you know, I was... You know, because I'm white. I'm white, white. And and for me to get that dark, you know I had lots of days off. (laughs) Sounds about like Hawaii with Leah Maivia and that bunch where you had one shot a week. You You got a great tent, but you were starving, you know. Yeah. (laughs) Subsisting Mm -hmm. on the, oh, you can eat smorgasbords and all that stuff, you know. (laughs) Well, we stayed at the the, uh, promoter's house. We stayed at, in his house. He had us a bedroom at his house, and they fed us while we were there and stuff. That was part of the deal and and stuff. We only paid for our food when we were, you know, on the road because, trust me, it still wasn't enough money for me. And <laughs> and like you were saying about the money, you know, even back then in the 70s and 80s, I, I got paid really well Uh I mean, sometimes I'd make up to fifteen hundred dollars a night. Well, and, I mean, it, I mean, and that back then was very good. But of course, we yeah. had to give Mula a percentage of that for the booking fees. But yeah, that I mean, was pretty. What, what uh, other job? What other job could you have that you traveled, got to see all these good-looking men all the time, and? And got to go everywhere, Japan, Australia, New Zealand, you know, anywhere you wanted to go and get paid to do it. You know, I had fun. I loved it. Yeah, and you guys, uh, you know, you guys deserve credit for uh, making it fun, too. You guys always had a great attitude, you know. You guys always, uh, you know, I, I remember... You riding in the van with the wrestlers and all the, you guys always were like, like one of the boys though. You got along, you know, and uh, you know you guys partook in the ribs and would drink a beer with the boys and uh, whatever, you know. You guys always right. uh, mm-hmm. 
You guys always made it fun, you know. I don't, I don't recall any, anyone ever amongst the wrestlers ever bitching about you. You know, they always enjoyed you guys' company. You guys always were, you know, uh, just like uh, part of the crew, you know. And, uh, I never, a lot of other girls, I never heard that about. A lot of others, you know, there's bitching about prima donnas and bad attitudes and all that other, you know. But, but yeah, I remember you guys were all uh, easy to get along with and I always added good energy to the territories. And, you know, I, that was, the, all you guys were a lot of fun to be around. I have nothing but great memories of all you guys, uh, Vicky and yourself and Tony Rose and, Donna and, and then uh, when Rick came along, and I oh yeah, you guys, Wendy. you guys sort of mentored uh, some of the new yeah. ones like Wendy and uh, mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember who's the other ones that were. Like, were, were you guys with Velvet or uh, Velvet Prince, Princess and, Victoria? Uh, yeah, Princess Victoria. And yeah, yeah she's so supposed to be joining us on the show tonight. Oh, well, uh, very good. Yeah. Bit leader and I, 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 you mentioned another one, Diane. Von Hoffman. Von Hoffman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's supposed to be on on with us. She might even be on right now. I heard she's joining us. There was another one who was supposed to be joining us tonight. Uh, Joyce, uh, uh, apparently an old friend of yours, but I guess she took second. The last sec was Ann Casey. Right. Uh, yeah. She came along. Uh, I, I worked with her just a few times. Uh, I think she was she uh, had, finishing up around the time when you were breaking in or yeah, something like that. when I was breaking in, and she made one comeback. She had gotten shot or something. Yeah, that's what uh, I heard. She was yeah. uh, some a biker shot, shot her because yeah. uh, mm-hmm. she had yeah, some kind of – I was looking forward to yeah. hearing about her. I heard uh, hearing about it was back in the early 70s when some low-life drug dealer was – Yeah. You know, exploiting her kid or something. And she, uh, hey, Joyce, first, let me bring on real quick. We brought her up. Uh, let me bring on the legendary Diane Von Hoffman. Diane, how are you tonight joining the conversation? Hi. How is everybody? Hi, Diane. Nice yeah. to hear from you. Hi. Sorry, I'm kind of sick, but uh, I'm trying to, if I can talk. But oh, you're a trooper. Nice to hear from everybody. Yeah, nice Thank you for having me you. on. Yeah, and uh, your old friend Joyce is on there, so. Yes, Hi, Joyce. Hey, uh. Yeah, yes. I heard you talking about El Salvador. Oh, MG. <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> if it's censored, I won't say anything bad. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, she was talking about over there. So the only positives we had were, it was Vikingo was a promoter. Vikingo, um, yeah, that was his Vikingo, yeah. He worked for Carlos, but he ran there and. The first night, I rem- the only thing I remember, like positive, like she said, we had really great tans. We got to lay out and go to the ocean. And um, the first night we were there, they hadn't seen American girls. And uh, like 40,000 people. Yeah. But, boy, we never heard from anybody. My mother wrote letters every day to us. I mean, there was no mail unless you sent it certified. But by golly, when it was time to pay Mula, Time yeah. to pay Moolah. Uh, we got a call from. We, we heard from it. We heard from that, didn't we? <laughs> oh yeah, that's yeah. the only time my mother tried to call. Everybody tried to call, and 
No, but boy, Moore got through. I said, I think she had a special line when she knew it was time for her PC to come through. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was, uh, was crazy over there. And, I mean, the fans were the type. I mean, it was a shoot for them. I mean, they were coming up hitting. Uh, one of the guys hit Joyce, and uh, this lady or guy actually came up and actually came up and um, hit hit them in the hand, cut them wide open. I mean, you talk about rioting back then. Those were the days of the of the riots, and they didn't care. And I mean, good place no to get security. Or, yeah, that's probably those are the kind of places where you get. Knives yeah. or uh, riots, like El you know. Salvador. Yeah. Yeah, I remember by Kingo. Yeah, he worked up here, but he was sort of one of Carlos's cronies or associates. Yeah. Him and mm-hmm. uh, the uh, Chicky Star and that uh, what's his face Barabbas or whatever his name was and Ayala. But I remember all those names. So, yeah, I know by Kingo. Uh, Oh, yeah. yeah, he ruled it, though, and like she said, we went to San Miguel, Honduras. I mean, we had no lights, no water. Like, so when we were eating, the pigs would come in, and we're like, oh, my God, what the heck is going on? And babies' bellies were huge, and Cockroaches just... everywhere. Well, no, oh, cockroaches yeah. were nothing. We're talking no. about big uh, horses. You know, dead in the streets. You know, you're talking about. I was on the back of a motorcycle and I was walking. The, you know, the National Guard was the police, and they would like. You know, I was looking, meddling. You know, just wanting to see what was going on, and they uh, said, "Don't look back. They'll come after us next." I mean, you didn't play over there. And we go across to uh, Honduras. I remember they held us up at the border, and uh, the day that I came home. My mom was a school teacher, and she saw in the news that a 21-year-old at the time I was young, <laughs> they had a uh, had 21-year-old female had been killed, the body burnt, and their passport. Well, of course, back then there was no cell phones to let anybody know anything, because she couldn't get through to me the whole time we were over there. And I never got one letter, but um, until she saw me, I mean, she just broke down. So that's the, also the worst things about going overseas. Especially now, you can you can pay me enough to go overseas with all this going on. Oh yeah, all the terrorists and <laughs> ISIS, yeah, and yeah. beheadings. But, but Ross, <laughs> yeah. just thank God that there wasn't cell phones back when we wrestled. <laughs> I mean, just think that of the wives and stuff, or the girlfriends, the crazy girlfriends that could have followed them to the t- and been standing outside the door and calling. I mean. I'm so glad that Oh, it's probably happening now. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I was so glad. I didn't ever want to hear from anybody when I was gone, except there. There was one place I was wanting uh, to hear somebody American. Yeah. Two blondes, and they were not speaking English. Yeah. <laughs> but I remember you talking about uh, Canada. I remember I worked for Bear Man. I never made it to Calgary. But I worked for good old Dave McKegney, Bear Man. For three summers in a row with Candy Divine, and you talk about a trip. Um, the, I can only imagine. I'm sure with George and Bobo, and the very last summer and the very last week, we found out the last night that he was taking the whole box office. And Chris Colt, uh, I don't, you know, I'm sure you remember him from yeah. the Western yeah. Territories. Well, him and his friend and Candy and I, I mean, he was plotting. He's like, if we all don't get paid, we're taking the bear and we're going to leave. 
I mean, he was, he's actually, we, I had a hook on my car, and he said, we're going to load that bear up and take it. I'm like, like we're going to get across the border with a bear. They go, no, we don't have to go this way. I said, you all are all crazy. Mm. Yeah, they, I heard they're doing another, uh, this kind of guy hit me up about wanting more information about uh, Bear Man that they've, that they're doing more stories about him up there. So you were talking about Canada. So I thought I'd bring up good old Dave. Yeah, yeah. Were, were those other two headbangers, the Kelly twins, there too then? Or yeah, they were they... for him. And then there was another, um, George, oh gosh, he was another promoter, but he was out of Michigan. And uh, that's why my mother hated wrestling, because I got paid, and they told me the American dollars. Cry Baby Cannon. Cannon. Was that yeah. Cry Baby and Cannon? And he paid us, and yeah, George Cannon, and he paid us in Canadian money. So, of course, back then, I don't know about you, Joyce, but it was 80 cents on the dollar. Yeah. So, of course, we got short. <laughs> so that's why my mother hated wrestling, because every time I came home, except Japan, that was one place that, you know, it was hard work, but I loved it over there. I did. I know a lot of the girls didn't, but I loved it. And they you paid us good over there, but, you know, Mula got quite a bit of our money, but at least they gave us enough money to eat on and buy, you know, bring stuff home and give you gifts to bring home. So that was my favorite place. I don't know about Joyce, but that was my you favorite place. You guys were sort of pi- pioneers in Japan. That was just sort of starting back then. Uh, well, yeah, there was only one rest. place. Now it's like here. There's a hundred indie territories over there. Now I heard there's girls are even flying themselves over, and I'm like, wow, would you do that to yourself and fly yourself over? They paid okay, our way over. They paid for everything, you know. And oh yeah. I know. I don't know. But now it's a whole, it's like, like I said, just like here. Everybody, you know, watch wrestling as a wrestler. <laughs> well, you yeah, know, so it's, the it's fact totally is changed. That there's lots of guys that are flying themselves over to Japan to get to go over there and work. So, I mean, it takes... Right, uh, and act like they've takes, been paid. Yeah, and it, takes, and it takes the mystique of going there and really working. And that's what, you know, and I know Bruce and I have talked about this many times, but that's what I tell people. You know, the thing about being a professional wrestler is you're putting butts in seats and you're getting paid to be a professional wrestler. That professional in front of that word says that you're making a living doing it. And there's so many people Mm -hmm. today that want to call themselves professional wrestlers, and they're really a weekend warrior that's only working four, five, six times a month maybe, and they have what they call a shoot job during the week. and. You know, none of us, when we were in our prime and working, did that. We had a job. We were professional wrestlers. Right. Oh, yeah, totally different world, you know. And, uh, that's, that's well, now, that's, I mean, I just went to charity last night and took a bunch of stuff for a little boy named Zach that has terminal cancer. And just watching the matches, even just the guys, I was just like in awe. You know, I mean... Everybody, you know, at least you knew when the baby was a baby, at least, like, Joyce would wear white and the heel would wear black. Well, everybody was in black. I mean, they don't even have the concept of getting nice gear, and at least, you know, when you open it, you don't knock everybody in the dressing room out for the smell of it. You know, they work one time a month or one time a year and leave the gear in there, and I would always tell them, like, you all, there's certain rules and codes that wash your gear. See, I, I don't I'm sure ask, you all still smell it. I don't ask the girls when I meet them anymore, how long have you been wrestling? 
because <laughs> they'll go from the first, you know, even though they only wrestle one time that year, they'll say four or five years. I'll say, how many matches have you had? Exactly. Because, I mean, we yeah. wrestled seven days a week when I wrestled, seven days a week. Yeah. And, um, and so if I said I've been wrestling five years, I've been five full years. But uh, nowadays, uh, they might wrestle, like you said, a Friday or once a week or twice a month. And you can't count that as years because you didn't wrestle a whole year. Right. Yeah. It, you know, it, it's so different because we made a living doing it. I, I mean, that was my job. I was there. And that's what people don't get today. They think it's so glamorous, and they, they don't get, yes, when we did it, at least we got paid to go where we went and everything else. Now these people are paying. You know, there's places here, even in Louisville, that where you train, and when you're on TV, they think they're stars, but they're paying their, you know, to train. They they don't separate reality from, you know, the business. And if you're paying to be on TV, Hello, you know, that's what I'm saying, and I'm so glad I got out when I did as far as, you know, I did some stuff, you know, Joyce and I, we did finally, you know, had our matches together, but it was different, but thank God, I mean, I hate the territories left, and that was the time to get out because everybody's undercutting everybody, the girls, you know, it's just a whole different breed of women, and they have no respect. When we walked in a room, we shook everybody's hand. You sit down for the veterans. You go say, hey, would you like a cup of coffee? You know, respect. These kids today don't know what that word means at all. There is no respect in the business. There's some younger girls that do say, oh, you're my veteran. You know, and there's, there's very few. And actually, uh, you're talking about Kong. She's actually one of them that said that to me when I was in Florida. She said, you're my veteran. And, you know, it made me feel good because, you know, myself, I felt like nobody knows me. Like Joyce, you know, I didn't have a TV time, but I still put in the hours. You know, and, but because you don't have TV, some people don't know you. But my blood, sweat, and tears was for that business, and I gave everything that I could. That was but one of the nice, nice things to about have the that business respect. back then was the veterans always helped the uh, younger girls. I remember like right. Wendy and Velvet and Princess Victoria were in here, and Joyce and them were like the uh, the veterans, and they, they'd be giving them support and and taking care of them and making sure that uh, the boys didn't rib them or do stuff to them. And, and right. I always thought that was cool, you know, that they were sort of uh, looking out for uh, protecting them and giving them advice. Well, you had to because if you didn't, you'd hurt yourself or, you know, the other person. You know, I know Joyce has trained many, and, and I have too, and we end up with more black eyes than they did. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I always thought that was cool, you know, you guys were always protecting the young ones, you know, and uh, the business used to be like that, you know, and uh, right. not like that now, you know, I, unfortunately. You know, I, think, I think Bruce, you and I talked about it one night, and, and we're talking about the, the wrestling business right now, and, and what's really hurting in the wrestling business right now are those long car trips and those nights in dressing rooms right. with those older and legend-type people that you're in the dressing room with, because I can remember days of, Peter Maivia or Pedro Morales or or Gory Guerrero, the father of all the Guerreros. I can remember them being in the dressing room with me and setting me down and telling me before my match something, and then when I come back from the ring, 
telling me good or bad what I did right or wrong and helping. Mm-hmm. And those guys that were on those cards, they would do that because they knew it took the entire package from the opening match to the main event to keep these buildings full so we all could make the most money. That was the important part of this business and the and the learning process. You know, Joyce, you talked about when you started and, and you were the low low girl on the totem pole, but yet you were learning from those people as you were working up that ladder. And, and from a guy's perspective, you know, my first summer I was, I was sent down to Bill Watts and Leroy McGurk in Mid-South, and I worked, we worked seven days a week, sometimes twice on Saturday, twice on Sunday. And my brother Kenny called Bill and said, hey, my brother's just getting started. He needs to come down there and learn. So Bill would put me in a captain's match every night, then back in a, in a tag match. So every yeah. every week I was wrestling, I was wrestling nine matches a week, and I was wrestling twice on every match or every on every show. Well, you had to learn. You got your butt kicked a lot, but you had to learn. You and that I learn. think really, that's what really is missing today for a lot of these oh, yeah. superstars of today. Nobody they wants to pay that. the dues. They've, mi- they've missed that. They've missed that little bit of knowledge that a guy like Gary Hart or Akbar could give you right. making a long road trip. And you, Those you kind of guys much, would give you that knowledge. You well, these guys today don't even want you to watch their match. They don't even they don't even watch the match before to make sure you're not using the same finish. That used to be the big thing. Everybody would be like, what's the finish? So you didn't copy. But now everybody has to get everything in instead of listening to what the fans want, oh, yeah. like Joyce said. You have to listen to what, you know, you, and they'll court, you know, choreograph the whole match in the back, and if you're a pro, you don't even have to do that. You just say, here's, here's what, you know, what the finish, and go. But they sit there for an hour and a half on a road trip wanting to go over everything, and if you're good, you listen to the crowd and what's going on, you may change the whole concept of what you are going to do, but... If you, like I oh, yeah, said, the these old, people don't want you to tell them, you know, or help them or, you know, say, hey, this looks like shit, do it this way, you know, but they didn't want to hear it now. So I remember back in now, the day, if you're doing high spots in the opening match or something, the old farts would chew your ass out and, and say, uh, save yeah. it for the main event, you know. They, they, exactly. all that kind of, you know, the, and they would school you all the way back. Finish. You know, yeah, suplexes you, for you, finish, not for a high spot. And, right, and last night they did they, they did they did spots that yeah. I was like that should have been a finish long time ago, and that was yeah. and I mean don't even know how to sell. Oh my God, facial facial work. I mean that's why I keep telling these girls you can look like you're killing somebody and not take any bumps, but use facial expression. They don't even know what that is when you tell them. You don't like to be critical, but the ring psychology. Uh, Takes that a I long see time. in the so-called divas matches these days is non-existent. You know, it's just uh, yeah. you know, uh, high spot or two, and uh, mostly uh, tits and ass. You know, it's just kind of a yeah. ex, you know exploitation, sexploitation, whatever. But you know, there's no wrestling. You know, there's no no strategy or nothing. You know, and uh, well, at least now some of the girls that are coming in that they're finally allowing can actually wrestle, and they notice that the people are. I mean, I watched one match. Um, I won't say which company, but the people are just sitting there, just doing nothing. Now they're finally got it that hey, women. You know, they want the women to wrestle, not just show everything. They want a match. You know, and and now it seems like, especially. Uh, 
the other group uses the girls a whole lot. And they had, like I watched last week, um, on a Wednesday night, I'll just give it like that. And, I mean, the girls, I mean, the people were just, like, they couldn't believe how good of a match the girls could have. And, oh, yeah. you know, instead of us just coming in and taking one of the spots, you know, that's how a lot of guys hated the girls because they felt like we were taking up their spots. I know most of the time, as I said before, in Calgary, most of the guys were always uh, glad when the girls were coming in because business would jump. You know, it's always uh, a good shot in the arm. You know, you know, so most of the guys I in my day, yeah, they're always like, you know, it's glad, glad, glad to see the girls coming in because uh, usually meant the gates would jump. You know, and uh, it, it added another element to it. So, you know, but but yeah, that's another part of it. You yeah, have to throw not, something different in there every now and then. It's not they got too boring, you know. The same people, it's the same territory. You can only mix them up so much. At least if you bring girls in, you could have a mixed tag. They could go against each other. I mean, you could do so much more with it. And, and it was like, hey, you know, this is going to be different. And people like different. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, it used to be a novelty, you know. I think that's yeah. one of Vince's the problems. That was the so word. You, yeah. you got them every week, you know. And about the midgets and the girls in, it was a novelty. <laughs> but when they have them every damn week, you know, it, it almost, yeah. you know, it kind of uh, starts wearing thin. It's not fair to the girls either, you know. Been like back in the day, you, you know, the girls would be going all the territories, so, you know, but, but that's, that's one of the problems too, you know, and. And they don't seem to, I don't know whether they have issues with Japan or whatever, but they don't seem to bring in any other girls, which would add a little bit of uh, flavor right. to well, it. Now the girls yeah. are seen over there and paying her, you know, paying to stay. Yeah, it's all these cookie-cutter little, look-like-glorified exactly. strippers. that's my word. Because <laughs> yeah. I was definitely not the cookie-cutter. I was yeah, the like big the, German that Most of them look like glorified reformed strippers or something and you know and unfortunately they haven't learned how to work either you know and, and actresses and, and, and models that's all they brought in they go out and do their uh, three or four high spots and then they run out of things to do and uh and if know, they messed up they're, they're like oh we gotta do that again <laughs> and, oh yeah yeah, yeah. i yeah. mean they do not know how to ab live i mean yeah, if it, you don't have it written down they have no not a clue and I like going out there knowing nothing. If you can wrestle, you can go out there and have a match. And that's the way I like doing it. Uh, I don't even when I do uh, the reunions and and I'm inducted in the Hall of Fame and stuff. I don't write things down except maybe a word that I'm afraid I'll forget how to say that word or something. But uh, other than that. I want to ab-live it. I want it to come from my heart. And and I want to say what I want you to hear. And, and if I'm reading in it, I can't have eye contact with you. I can't get my message over to you and stuff. And so I'd rather just come from the heart with everything and say, this is me. I'm laying it out here. This is who I am. Now you can love me or hate me. And, yeah. and that's the way that's the way I like doing it. Yeah. Well, hopefully sure. next year, Joyce, they'll they'll uh, the Carson Hall of Fame will 
all the guys up here will induct and put me in there, and you can induct me. <laughs> I'm just teasing. She knows I had to throw that in. <laughs> you, you, you know, I, I think Joyce, you said something very good, and 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 I and I think from a from a real layman's point of this business to say it every night in a building that rings a different kind of canvas and the crowd makes it different the night makes it different the person you're working with may make it a little different than the night before but if we think of our business as an art and you're out there painting this picture of your match every night's a different canvas and you have to treat it that way and i think that's where some of the stuff that happens today when it's pre-arranged and choreographed it goes out there and it makes it look so pre prearranged and choreographed because they're just, yeah. they're just sort of they're just sort of robots going through the motions and there's not that feeling like you're saying, Joyce, about that match. I'm putting my heart and soul, yeah. my sweat and tears into this match tonight and that's what you're getting from me night in and night out. And I think I think today that's again one of the issues of today that we've we've lost and and for the independent scene, a lot of the promoters out there were never taught the other way. The only thing they know is Monday night or Wednesday night or Friday night. That's all they know to go by, so that's what they do. They weren't taught that other way of painting that picture every night, no matter who your opponent is, no matter what the crowd's thinking. You're out there painting it and interjecting, and sure, a booker in the back gave you a finish, and you know what you're going to do out there, but you do it differently night in and night out. I mean, there's some things you do, you know, like, you know, uh, Jack Briscoe would do an arm drag every night because everybody thought that was the best arm drag there was. But everybody yeah. has things or do's. They did, but we did it in different ways night in and night out because you had to use a different color on your stroke that night to make the sky or you had to make a different stroke that night to get the heat in the right spot. Whatever it may be, that's the secret to this business. And, and there's people like Joyce and Bruce and and Diana and people like that that are in this that have been in this business and understand that. And if you don't try to understand that concept, I don't know that you'll ever understand it. Yeah, right. I hate now they just have writers. I'm like, why do they need writers when you have wrestlers that have done it their whole life and can you know tell the story colorfully? I, I never they don't understood realize, that. What they don't realize when they script everything is you're taking the marks out of it. Because, uh, you know, in the old days, you know, you'd include the marks in it. And if they were responding right. to something, you'd go that direction. But You'd say, one I, I, more I time? You want me to do it one more time? Right. Oh, yeah. I remember yeah, you guys you would know, have a, a, di- a different match yeah. every night whenever you guys every were up night. here, you know. And, uh, and it was always But nobody wants to yeah. see the same thing. But nobody. I've been on tour with WWE, and they have the same damn match every damn night with the girls yeah. or with everyone, you know, same entrance, same finish, same everything. You get to the point where, you're, you know, you're bored participating in it, much less watching in it, you know. And it's uh, one of the problems of the business. I'm glad Johnny uh, made that point, though. Well, but, you I know, what kills me is when everybody says there's a smart, you know, they're a smart mark, and I'm like... Wait a minute. Until you've actually been in that ring and paid your dues, you are not smart to anything. You don't really know, you know. And uh, oh, it's yeah. just sad to me that it's come to that, that, like I said, everybody's got a belt and there's a hundred different organizations that, you know, used to be there was one girl every 200 miles. 
now there's one girl every two minutes away. And it's just, yeah. it, shock, it shocks me, but it doesn't. And it's just sad. It's just sad to watch it. Like, you know, I said last night, just on the outside looking in, you know. But and it's sad because it's the people that are paying. They're paying, you know, for our jobs. It's yeah, just, I totally it's sad agree. to me. Well, I, I again, you know, I have to go back to the. It's just a different time. It's a different era. Right. People that people that are calling themselves professionals today, you have to look at it with sort of a, a scratch of the bald head and think, well, now are they really <laughs> professionals or are they just they just sort of paying their way here to 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 try to rub elbows and to touch shoulders with people that really did it because there's only you know let's just say let's just break it down the two companies out there. I know there's uh, Shakir, and I know there's Ring of Honor, and I know there's some other little things popping up and going on, but those groups there, again, aren't running seven days a week. They're only running, you know, they're only running a few times a month. You know, Vince and TNA are running a few more shows, but even there, they're not running every day to teach young guys how to go in, and, and they don't bring a young guy in and groom him and start him at the bottom and work his way to the top. They bring another superstar in every time they bring in somebody new, whether they're a superstar or not. And that's not the way the business was created many, many years ago. It just was not. And, and you see it, you know, Bruce and I have talked about it before. You see it with, let's say, the, the NFL. You know, they, they have practice squads for the football teams, that guys that can't quite make the 53-man roster. So you have to work your way on. In baseball, they have the minor league. In basketball, they have the... The, the, the minor leagues in basketball. There's there's ways to get that experience that you need to get, and that's why when people come to me and ask me about professional wrestling, much like Joy said, the first thing I ask them, I said, have you ever wrestled? Do you know what a headlock is or an elbow lock, or do you understand the difference in them? And if they haven't, then I try to push them towards an amateur situation someplace so they can learn the wrestling part of it before they learn anything else because it'll give you an advantage and i'm sure bruce is someone that's trained a lot of people you you learn how you know you learn how to 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 do a forward roll before you before you do a handstand i mean you learn how to protect yourself no matter what it is and today that doesn't happen today guys show up for training and they want to start flying off the top rope they don't understand what it takes you have to learn to walk before you can run, you got to crawl before you can walk, and it's and it's no different in any other business around the world. Politics, <laughs> army, uh, uh, being a butcher in a store cutting meat, stocking shelves. You have to start at a low level to learn to work yourself the way up. You just don't you just don't fall into a top job, and all of a sudden you're that superstar. It doesn't work that way, and and you know, eventually it's going to catch up with these these territories that are running today. It's going to catch up. I think up it already with them. has. I, I yeah. think, you know, the biggest one of the biggest mistakes WWE has made and continues to make is uh, they've kind of destroyed the grassroots. And the best thing they could be doing with the guys they're training is sending them out to uh, places like used to be Lake Calgary or Portland or. Tennessee or Georgia or Florida or Ohio or wherever the hell and uh, and just let them learn how to work, let them learn how to work a crowd, let them ride around and speak to veterans 
and uh, learn all those things and uh, pay their dues. And uh, when they get to the WWE or whatever, they, they've not only uh, learned how to work, but they have a hell of a lot more respect for the business and for themselves. Right now, most of the guys who get into the WWE uh, haven't learned how to work, haven't paid any dues other than maybe ass-kissing and sticking a needle up their ass to uh, get bigger or whatever the hell. But uh, there's no uh, dues paying, there's no respect, and uh, you know the whole thing is kind of warped and it comes out in the wash. You know, uh, there's only a handful of guys out there that I consider to be great workers. The other guys are all, uh, you know, sort of like you were talking about, the artists or whatever, they're like paint-by-number creations, you know, they're gimmicks or whatever, but they don't know how to work, and uh, they don't have any respect for the business either. You know, easy come, easy go. When they leave, they, uh, you know, kind of piss on the business after. Well, they, just, they burn all the tents and burn down the bridges so you can't get back. I mean, that's what they do, and it's terrible to say that, but that's just the direction it's going today. There's, Like you said, Bruce, there's not... There's not a lot of people out there that are training from ground level up. There's a lot of people oh, yeah. out there that are training from superstardom up, but they're not oh, yeah. training you how to how to cover up when there's a mistake in the match. Nobody's training you yeah. how to do that. All they teach yeah, them these days is what color to dye their hair and what costume to wear and what gimmick name and uh, you know whether they're going to wear contact lenses with cat eyes or pretend that they're. Uh, you know, uh, you know, some new fucked up gimmick or whatever. But there's no uh, the wrestling itself is uh, incidental to all the bullshit. Well, you know, it's like, and I don't want to be a real name dropper right here, but I talked to Kevin Von Erich today, and we were talking about his two boys, and he said, you know, the problem, the problem with the wrestling world today, John. This is Kevin's voice to me on the phone today, talking to him in Hawaii. He said, nobody today wants to make it real anymore. The people that yeah. come to wrestling matches want to—they want to come and believe that what we're doing exactly. is real. Yeah. And, Good and versus no, evil. And, and nobody wants—and nobody wants to do that anymore. And that's really, to me, the, the the key item in everything this business is about is we we had a business that the people questioned, but they couldn't figure out how. Now everybody it's like wants magic to, to me. Yeah, and everybody now, everybody knows how today. So now you've got to really be that much better to make them believe. And yeah. that's where the problem is. I'm told, I I'm told Johnny game that game. Uh, Princess Victoria is uh, waiting to come on. I, uh, somebody just yeah, told I me know that. Diana's got to do a show, another show at 9 o'clock. Right. So I was going to get Diana to give us some parting words, and, and I was going to sort of clean the switchboard up a little bit and bring uh, okay. Uh, uh, okay. Princess Victoria on. So, Diane, give us some parting words. and. Great to hear your voice. I'm just going to throw that in. Kay and I send a hug and love to you, and we look forward oh, to seeing you soon. And I would like to thank you myself, Diane. Uh, if you did a tremendous job. I was greatly impressed, uh, not only tonight, but when I talked to you a couple of days ago. You know, I, oh, I, uh, yeah, I hope wish you there figured was more. out who I was. I wish there was more. I wish there was more like you and Joyce. You know, the business would be a hell of a lot better if there was. You know, so. Uh, yeah, but like thank, you said, thank, we all said, everything changes, and hopefully one day, you know, it'll get back oh, to the yeah. way it was. But or, uh, they'll perfect uh, uh, the way we did. Yeah. 
I'd love to and have you start. on uh, again any time, and uh, uh, thank you uh, so much for uh, gracing the show with your presence. Uh, well, thank you very much. Great, great, yeah, I, I loved hearing your perspectives, and uh, thank you very much. Diane, thank you. Good night. Yes. Good night, you all. Take care. Good night, I'll look, Diane. I'll look forward to next time. Thank you. Okay. All right, Diane Von Hoffman, and with that, Joyce, Bruce, I'm going to bring on the always lovely Princess Victoria. Princess Victoria, how are you tonight? I'm doing fine. I'm a little disappointed, though. Oh, did I do something wrong? I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, you let Diane and Joyce go before I got on. No, no, jo- Joyce is no, no, Joyce is still on with us. Diana, Diane had another show to do at nine o'clock, so I knew I had to get her out of here, and I had a little feed. I had a little feedback coming back in my headpiece here, at the, and, and the, my switchboard was saying it was because I had too many people on, so I was just trying to do it so everybody could hear everybody, so I apologize. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm just messing with you. Dang, I'm working a worker? Hey, how are you? Well, it's great to hear from you, Victoria. It's been a long time, and uh, I uh, hope you're doing well. Uh, What's, tell us about uh, what's happened in your the last uh, few years since you got out of the business. The last 30 years? <laughs> that long. <laughs> well, before she does 30 years, let me get off of here. And uh, <laughs> uh, I, I just wanted to give a shout-out to uh, Emil Dupree. He, he brought me up to his territory every year for like eight years straight. And and I loved working for him. He uh, treated me always nice and stuff. And I took a new girl, trained her every year up in his territory. And he would say, you can send anyone with Joyce. You want to, Bula. You know, just let Joyce come and she can bring whatever girl you want to train. And so he that was my training territory for all the new girls. And, and so, I mean, you need territories like that that's, that is long, because they do, I could work, and I wouldn't go out there and have a, a horrible match because I was going to make that girl look good so that if she beat me, that it would look like she was beating somebody. Oh, yeah, you good, know, good. Yeah. And the, so uh, if you don't make them look good. Old school ring psychology, yeah. Yes. And so, uh, but, but I did. I went up there every year, and I enjoyed it so much. I have an early doctor's appointment tomorrow, and that's the only reason uh, I'm getting off earlier off the phone so that I can take all my meds and get me a good night's sleep and stuff so that I will feel good for my appointments tomorrow. Well, hopefully and, that goes uh, well for you, Joyce. Uh, oh, I'm been, doing uh, really well. Yeah, and you sound you sound uh, vibrant, and it's, it's great to... Uh, just have had you on, you know, uh, and I hope some of the the young people, uh, young aspiring girl wrestlers, and I'll maybe get some inspiration and perspective from you, you know, because you are uh, without, you know, it's a cliche, but you definitely are one of the legends, and um, you know, you've done so much for the business and for so many of the young new girls coming up, you know, so. They should all be indebted to you, and um, it's been a real joy for me to uh, 
talk the talk with you on here, you know, and I appreciate your uh, perspectives and just coming on and uh, regaling us with all your stories and all your insights. So thank you very much. You know, I always loved coming to Calgary, and well, I loved Canada anyhow. And uh, you know, I, I just loved wrestling. I mean, I, I just loved it. But uh, but I loved coming up there. And any of the girls at any time, if they're in the business, you know, they can call me, email me, Facebook me, whatever. I'll be able to give them my insights on anything they would like to know. You know, uh, because I'd rather help a girl be a better wrestler than to see them go out there and stink the house down. You know? Well, it's not yeah. many that know I the business. Really, and I, I, so I might add. I might add, Joyce. A lot of a lot of the boys or a lot of the men should, could probably gain a lot of perspective from you because you you saw all the territories and you saw all the good, the bad, and the ugly about you know the workers and the promoters and the the bookers and the all that stuff. So. Right. You know, I may call. I might be calling you myself because uh, <laughs> you, you got a wealth of uh, perspective and insight about this business. And Vinnie Mac and Hunter should be giving you a call and uh, seeking your perspective because not too many have seen as much as you have. So I, I'd like to thank you though very much. I know my dad had the uh, utmost respect for you and uh, Mula and all of them, you know, and, uh, you know, you were kind of a throwback to the, the golden era with the Penny Banners and the Lorraine Johnsons and the right. Mulas and the Rita Cortezes and also, you know, you definitely uh, deserve the uh, the legend, uh, you know, label, you know, cause so, but thanks very much. I, uh, I can't say enough about, uh, you know, uh, how grateful I am for you coming on, and uh, it's been a real pleasure to talk to you. Y'all have a good show. Vicky. nice talking to you. And Johnny, talk to you later. Y'all have a good one. Joyce, we send our love, Joyce. God bless. Okay, bye. All the best. All right, here we go, Princess. Let's get you started talking now. Wow, what an interview you guys just did with those two ladies. I, I'm not sure I can add anything to what they said. They 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 said a mouthful. Um, yeah. They said about people not being trained properly. Uh, high spot after high spot after high spot, and I got to get this in, and I got to get that in. It's all true, and and, and it's sad because I I worked with yeah. Joyce. Uh, many times over the the short period of time I was in wrestling. And let me tell you what, she is, like you said, she is one of the greatest. If I did something wrong in the ring, she didn't scream at me in the background. She came in and she talked to me. She said, all right, let's try it this way. Let's try it that way. And she always, always made you look good. Oh yeah, I, I I thought back in the day you guys were uh, you know it's, it's a real shame that your career was cut short because uh, you guys were the uh, next generation. You were you know uh, I remember you guys being up here in the early '80s with Wendy and uh, uh, Velvet and some of those girls and uh, and uh, you guys were sort of an extension of 
of that whole thing. And it, it, as uh, Joyce and them were saying, it's it's not even wrestling anymore. You know what it, what it's kind of become now is you know uh, high spots and uh, you know more you know glorified stripper type stuff. You know. Oh, well, that's uh, nice of you to bring that up. Um, wrestling, of course, I grew up in wrestling. Uh, my grandfather took me to wrestling shows. Uh, Sandy Barr trained me, blah, 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 blah. Uh, I can remember the last time I watched wrestling, we had just inv- we had invaded Kuwait. And <laughs> Vince had sent the girls to Kuwait with Triple H. And I had gotten up late that night, flipped on the TV, and here they here come these three girls. I think it was China, Stacy, and somebody else. And they're in their little short Santa coats. And they were talking about this was going to be a thing where they were going, whoever won this match was going to be Santa's little helper. And I went, all right, we're going to have a three we're going to have a three way women's match. So I sit down in front of my 55 BLP. And I'm watching, and all of a sudden, these girls take off their coats, and they have three triangles on and butt flops. <laughs> and they started dancing. It was a dance-off. The only thing that was missing was the pulp. I came so close to losing my 55-inch DLP because I wanted to put my foot through. <laughs> I turned off wrestling that day and to give you to give you an idea of how disgusted I was with what I saw that was in 1987 I believe no I was living out here that was 1989 my son was born in 1992 he did not know that I was a professional wrestler until he was 15 years old so I could explain the difference between our era, and I say our, and by by the meaning of our, our I mean Moolah, Donna Christentello, Joyce Grable, Judy Martin, uh, Wendy Richter, uh, Velvet, Velvet McIntyre, of course. Uh, yeah. So I could explain the difference in what we did as versus to what they're doing now. Yeah, it's 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 a shame because uh, like you guys were attractive and. Uh and had sex appeal and all like that, but but you guys were workers, you know, you guys were actually going out and you guys were craftsmen, you you knew how to work, take bumps, sell, ring psychology, make comebacks, all that other. You guys had the art form down, but nowadays, you know, you hate to sound like you're knocking and dissing everything, but... Um, Firstly, no such thing as ring psychology in the de- so-called divas matches these days. You know, you know all it is is bumpity, 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 bump, and there's, there's, you're not listening to the crowd. A few you're high spots, uh, you know, it's all tits and ass, and uh, you know, but there's no uh, no wrestling, you know, if that's the word for it, you know. No, and well, that's like when Sandy trained when Sandy trained Velvet Knot. Yeah, he, he was an old school Roman yeah. and collegiate style wrestling before he would even think about training us as professional wrestlers. We didn't take down, sit out, Harvard bridges. 
ran five miles a day. And and these girls today, with very few exceptions, and there are exceptions, they blow yeah. up five minutes into a match. Which holy, tells me yeah. they're not hitting the gym. They're not doing cardiovascular. They're just, no, those aren't even part of the vocabulary <laughs> you know, today. Right. You know, right. You know, and I had a guy, I have a guy that, that I've been trying to help. He didn't even know how to reverse from a headlock to a reverse armbar. <laughs> and, and, and he was trained by people who were supposedly trained. Yeah, yeah I, I, I get those kind all the time. I'll get somebody here that's been wrestling 10, 10 or 12 years, and, and uh, you know, you put them in the top wrist lock and tell them to reverse it, and they, they crawl into a little hole because they don't know how to do it, you know. And, and those are just things that back then, you know, Sandy Bars and, and Dory Funks and those kind of people, they taught you that from day one. You had to learn that, and your wrestling vocabulary had to, had to pick it up. Right, right, and 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 I tell you what, I've heard about a lot of tough trainers, Jimmy Valiant, all of them, but I dare anybody to go two months with Sandy Barr as a trainer. He was no difference between men and women. If if you couldn't wrestle like a man, whether you were a woman or not, you didn't belong in the ring. And his favorite saying was. You get into a fight with a fan. When you can't take a fan down, you've got no business in the ring. There's foot five and 350 pounds. And you know, Sandy Barr was one of the great referees of this time, too, that a lot of people don't know. Oh, he was a, yeah, he was a referee when he trained me, and this was after his wrestling career. Uh, this was in Donna Owens territory in the Pacific Northwest. Yeah. And we trained, we trained like we worked. We trained seven days a week. There were no excuses. And you did not get Sunday off. You know, and it was, and I worked a full-time job during the time I was training. Yeah, that that's respect and dedication for this business right there. That's, and that's, that's something respect. that's. Is is is, uh, is shamefully lost today a lot of times. Oh, I know. I've I've been in a few indie dressing rooms as of late, uh, about the last two years, and there's no respect in the dressing room anymore. Um, there was one day I walked into a dressing room, and I, I know you remember Matt Matt Bourne. Yeah. They, he's best known as Doink the Clown, but I remember him as Matt in the Pacific Northwest. And Matt had been giving me a hard time because Matt was Matt. And Sandy, his dad, the room. And I had been taught by Sandy, when a veteran tells you to do something, shut your mouth and you do what you're told. Well, Tony calls me over and he says, come over here. And I had gotten dressed. I was in my ring gear. He said, I want you to sit on my lap, and I want you to put your arm around my neck, and I want you to follow my lead. And I kind of looked at him, but I'd known Tony for a while, and I trusted him. So I sat on his lap, and I put my arm around his neck. About the time I got settled in real good, here comes Matt in the dressing room. 
Tony lays a lip lock on me, and I'm about I'm dying because <laughs> I know Tony's not that way, but I'm dying. But I'm going with it. And he comes up out of the lip lock, and he looks at Matt, and he said, "Matt, I'd like to introduce you to your m- new mama. We just got married last night in Vegas." Tough Tony Bourne, one of the greats. Oh, he was fantastic, and Matt lost it. But, you know, we pulled that rib on him for over a week. He thought I was married to his daddy. Yeah. Tough Tony <laughs> Bourne, another one of those names from the past that many people don't know about or know, you know, they know, well, that's Matt's daddy or, they, you know, something like that. But Tough Tony Bourne, when I went to Portland, Oregon in 1978, I think, he was yeah, one of the nicest. He was one of the nicest guys to me. Took time with me. Talked to me about my matches. Talked to me about working and showing up to the building. And one of the great guys in this business. Managed by Leo the Lion Newman. <laughs> For you guys in Calgary. Yeah, he worked up here in the '60s with Leo the Lion Newman, who was his manager and tough Tony Bourne, you know, and. Uh, Great uh, combination, you know. There's some of those old, old school combos like that that just sort of ring a bell when you mentioned uh, Tough Tony and Leo the Lion, and uh, it kind of just rung a bell with me, you know. But, but yeah, I uh, let me I, ring a few more bells. See, I got blessed when I came when I started training with Sandy Bar. The people who came into the ring to help train me were people like Stan Stasiak. Dutch Savage, Professor Dale Lewis, Red oh Bass King, oh Rip goodness. Oliver, maybe was he that was he there then too, Vicky? Rip Oliver. Uh, oh yeah, Rip Oliver was there. We <laughs> Rip. Uh, actually, when I when I on one of our first road trips, I was traveling in Rip's uh, 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 motorhome with oh, yeah. Dan Jack and Buddy Rose. We have, uh, Buddy was a great, he was there for a long time, uh, Buddy, and uh, I can't remember if guys like Mike Miller, Duke Myers, or uh, uh, some of those guys. When I was, it was Roddy Piper, uh, Rip Oliver, Buddy Rose, Ed Wyskowski. Yeah, uh, Colonel Chuck De Beers, yeah. Was Snooker there then, or was he already off to? in and out. He was in and out. In fact, I still have my autographed picture from Miss Snooker when I was nine years old. Well, <laughs> like I said, I started out as a fan. Well, but, and, and that and that group that was in the ring with you are are again some of the guys in this business that have been forgotten. And I know that uh, I know that Bruce and I have talked about it, and I bring it up on the show a lot, but. That's one of the things that the Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame in Amsterdam, New York, is trying to do is to get it right and make sure that a lot of these legends that are legends in this sport, whether they were a world champion or not, whether they were a a main event guy or the middle of the card guy, get recognized for their work in this business because that's what it's about. This business was really set up, again, going back to old school, it was set up where there was an opening match, a middle-of-the-card match, a semi-main, and a main event. And not everybody on the card was a superstar. But it took everybody on the card to make it what it was. And it took referees like Sandy Barr, and it took 
guys like Stan Stasiak and Buddy Rose and Ed Waskowski and those kind of guys. Dutch Savage. Like you said, Dutch Savage. One of the one of the guys in the Northwest that was there forever. I know he passed away last year, but was really good to me my year I was up there, and would take time and tell you about this business and and days gone by. And that's again, I think we've all sort of said the same thing. That's what's missing today is that those days gone by have been sort of forgotten, and a new era thinks it's it's the right. You know the light. The light's shining, and it's the right way, but sometimes that light shining is taking you down a long and narrow road, too. Oh, yeah, well, that's everybody, cool. Everybody's trying to be a superstar. Yeah. And not yeah. everybody a superstar. And back, back when I broke in, nobody cared what match they were. They didn't care if they were the opening match. They didn't care if they were the semi-main. They didn't care if they were the main event. What they cared about is what those fans left that arena with. Did that fan get their money's worth? Did I put enough into my match to make that fan felt that what they paid was worth what they paid to get in that seat? And, and everyone back in the day was concerned, as concerned about getting their opponent or the guy they, or girl they worked with over not over. just themselves you know like nowadays uh you know I, when i was in wwe a few years back uh that was almost kind of not even part of the thing every you know everyone was just concerned with all these pre-choreographed high spots but nobody even was really thinking about you know their obligation to get the other person over to include the fans in the equation and all like that it was just getting all their high spots in and making sure their hair was done just the right way or whether they had the right costume and all that other superficial nonsense, you know, which is unfortunate, you know. Well, and that's what's wrong with wrestling today is the fans are not in, they're not in the, the they're not in the equation. No, and, 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 they're, and they the should fans, be the most... Who, who and they should be the most important part of the equation. <laughs> That's, they're the ones paying, paying for the freight, you know. But Absolutely correct, because like I said, without the fans, who are we? Who would we be without the fans? We'd be uh, a, a counter person at 7-Eleven. Yep. You know, um, it, it, like I said, I've been in a few dressing rooms. I, I've seen some things, and I really am disappointed pointed at a lot of the new wrestlers because like you the only thing they care about I need to get this my thing my thing my thing my thing it's not your thing you out there you feel the crowd and you go from there yeah one of the things that really pisses me off Vicky and uh, Johnny is uh, how few of the today's wrestlers even they don't even know of People like you, you and I are talking about people like uh, Penny Banner or, uh, you know, uh, Lorraine Johnson or June Byers or uh, Dory Funk. You know, they don't even know those names. You know, it's like, uh, you know, you mention those names and they like, who's that Ray Stevens or who's uh, that Pat O'Connor or, uh, you know, yeah, they yeah. don't even know. I- it's... 
you know, and any other like sport, you know, if you had baseball players, they all know who Babe Ruth and Mickey Mantle and all like that is. But in wrestling, you know, half of them don't even know who the hell Luthez is or, uh, you know, they didn't even know that there was, uh, you know, a guy named Pat O'Connor or uh, some of those legendary names that paved the way for all of them, you know. And that, it's, uh, you know, uh, to me it's uh, sacrilegious almost, you know. Well, it is sacrilegious because that's the reason I got into business, from watching guys like that, from sitting inside and falling in love with the business. I, I guarantee you uh, none of the divas know who the hell Mildred Burke or June Byers or Rita Cortez or uh, Cora Coombs or... or so, oh, uh, I, just, I just saw Debbie and Cora last year, and let me tell you what, I, it, it was my first time to meet Miss Cora. Lord, I've never said this in my life until I met Miss Cora, but I wish I was 40 years old because I would have loved to run around with her in her heyday. <laughs> yeah, I, I spoke exactly. to her a few times. Exactly, I, I, Vicky. I, you know, Kay and I got to meet Cora last year at the at the reunion, and just to sit there and listen to her tell her stories and say her funny little things and stuff, boy, I guarantee you now she was a hoot in her day. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm not. You know, I had my day, but I don't. I'm not sure I could have kept up with Miss Cora. Yeah. <laughs> no, and there were so many of them back in the day, Johnny. And uh, you guys probably know them all, like the, the even the as far back as the Mildreds, and you know they made kind of a fool of her. But Johnny May Young back in the day, or uh, you know, uh, I remember meeting all those when I when I was a kid. Penny Banner and Lorraine Johnson and. Dan Laverne and Marie Laverne and, uh, you know, those uh, Ann Casey's and all of them, you know, and uh, they had, uh, you know, great personalities and they, they took a lot of pride and they they brought a lot to the business, you know, and uh, it's nothing like that today, you know, you, you know, it's almost kind of like... Uh, most of these girls say they don't even have any. They don't even have any uh, kind of gratitude to those people for paving the way for them, you know, and which uh, is kind of bullshit to me too, you know. But. Hey, I, I got a, I got another caller calling in. One of the one of the big names of today, and I and I'd love to get her on with with uh, Vicky and Bruce. And let's bring on Awesome Kong is going to join us on the air. Awesome Kong, how are you? Johnny Mantell bringing you on tonight. Hi, how are you? Thank you for having me. Thank you very much for coming on, Kia. It's uh, it's a pleasure. I've been a huge fan of yours for uh, a long time, and I, I think I got a chance to uh, meet you the odd time in uh, my travels. And uh, I've, I, without blowing any smoke, I, I uh, have you know, I always thought you were one of the you know best things that hit lady wrestling in uh, the last decade you know and uh it's almost kind of uh been a great source of displeasure to me that you haven't got the push that you deserved you know you should be the uh you know at the top of the mountain right now you know and uh business needs uh somebody like you the divas you know uh so yeah it's a real pleasure to have you on and i uh as I said before, I've heard nothing but nice things about you uh, in and out of the ring, so it's it's a real pleasure to have you on here. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, I uh, well, I, I think I did get the push that people wanted for me, but, um, you know, there were events that, on my part that 
I didn't get to follow through on them. So actually, on my part, I kind of let my fans and the wrestling world down on that end. But hopefully, um, you know, I don't think I'm done. I'll get another chance to to do what we all were hoping that I would do for women's wrestling. You know. Yeah, yeah. I, I I'd love to see you in there. You know. Uh, you know, I know I, uh, my niece is down there, and she's always had nothing but nice things to say about you, Natalia. And, you know, I've run into different girls. I remember another old friend of mine, uh, she was sort of uh, um, one of the uh, inspirations I've been called for you was old Rhonda Singh. It's Bertha Faye or yeah. whatever, you know. But, yeah. But, but, yeah. It paved the way for a lot of... Uh, for the gaijins, for the foreigners to go over to Japan and, you know, get over them. Definitely cleared the road for me um, and made it easier for me to go out there and and do what I did out there. So, you know, I have much gratitude to her. I'd I'd love to see you, uh, you know, if they took Awesome Kong right now and inserted her into the WWE Divas mix, uh, I think it would be a a huge uh, reaction, you know. Uh, that would right be now, awesome. you know, it's like Joyce was saying before, the cookie-cutter divas or whatever, you know, there's not much to separate, you know, and they actually need a, you know, I can't imagine if all the guys were looking like Chip and Dale dancers or some damn thing, you know. You know, it's well, uh, you know, it was there for a while when, when you know, I – was in WWE and was karma for that blink of the eye second. Um, the fans really, before I didn't even get to have a match yet, before the fans were already really loving the idea of someone different coming in and causing uh, oh, <laughs> disruption. Yeah. It, was, it was old school. It reminded me of, uh, I remember, Ronnie, you could probably tell you the same, but back in the day you'd bring a new heel in. And uh, it was like the shark in Jaws, you know, it was dun, 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 you know, and, you, and they'd destroy all the faces, and then you finally have, and I remember my dad would bring in guys like Abdullah or Bad News Al, and then uh, guys like that, and I thought that was what was going to happen when they brought you in there, you know, and it would have been, uh, it would have been an awesome fit for all those divas to be, uh getting destroyed by you and they finally built up a big, uh, big thing. But, yeah, I could see it happening again, though, too. You know, you're you're young enough and uh, if, you know, I have no idea what all the inter-political dynamics and all like that are, you know, but uh, it, it would be, a, it'd be, I think, an awesome fit for uh, something like that, you know, because you've about run the course with all the divas and the uh, the little uh, glamazons and all that stuff, but they actually need to have some contrast, I think, you know, so. That, that's the big thing is, is contrast. Um, you know, there's some lovely-looking girls over there with a lot of talent, uh, and if you put them against someone with contrast, which is why I think people love, uh, the feud between Gail, Kim, and I so much is because there was that contrast there. You had well, to ask me, and Gail was also formidable, and then you had me, who was just this powerhouse monster, and people dug it. Yeah. 
Oh, yes. I, you know, somebody like you, uh, you know, did a stretcher job on AJ or something like that, you know, it would be like, whoa, you know, the, you know, the old school uh, monster heel type stuff, you know. That, that that used to be a great business, you know. I remember guys in our territory like Abdullah and them would come in and uh, do that, you know, and, you know, people would be on fire and, you know, we'd be packing houses and all that kind of stuff, you know. And hopefully, uh, you know, like that might be, uh, I'd, love, I'd love to see something like that transpire, you know, because uh, it'd, be, it'd be good for business. And uh, right now, you know, I think the Divas need some contrast. They need some dimension rather than just having a bunch of little uh, glorified peeler types, you know, which is about all that it looks like to me these days, you know, but, you know. They have a lot of talent, though. The the girls oh. there right now that oh. are coming out of the training uh, center, uh, the performance center, are being trained oh, by Sarah Their big problem is they're all they're all trying to do high spots and way too much choreography. I think it'd be better if you just let them work, do some spots, do some selling, do some comebacks. You know. Uh, I'm sick of seeing all these choreographed little uh, high spot fests, you know. Not much else, you know. It takes the fans out of it, but but yeah, I don't want to hog. There is a thing where less is more. Um, it, it's hard, you know, having been, you know, in that locker room, these girls, they want the fans to get into what they're doing, and they're out there giving it their all and trying their best. Uh, with the time they're giving, given, but sometimes it's just it, it's hard to get the story over with the time that you're given, and you know, trying to figure out exactly mm-hmm. what you can do out there that will actually earn you more time. What story? What what physical moves out there? What spots out there you can give that will earn you more time next time, and to really get the the division over. But uh, you know. I haven't worked with these girls. They have the heart, and sometimes, sometimes, I think the fans don't don't give them a chance. Are already up the gate. They're just you know biased as towards what's going on in the ring. When, but if you really look, like one of the girls I'm really into now is, um, and this is breaking case, but is Nikki Bella because I could see the transformation in her wrestling skills. I can tell she's gotten with her husband and they they rolled around in the ring a few times and she's picked up a lot of a lot of things from him and she is dynamite right now. I'd love to do uh, or actually I love to finish my program with her. Yeah. Uh because it looks like she has a lot of heart and could actually go the Japanese style that, you know, I perform in the ring, so uh, yeah, I'll push into the best. I believe that the yeah, karma character, if she were to return, would really get them to where they all want to be, which is for everyone to give the divas, you know, the divas. Yeah, for me, I don't even like the term. I don't even like the term divas myself. You know, I just prefer, you know, I don't even know what it means, but it doesn't. Sounds like sort of this cookie cutter. Uh, you know, kind of uh, Cupid doll type thing or whatever, but uh, they, you know, they, it's, it's aimed towards you know marketing. Marketing, you got to make you make the money, so you got to aim it towards the people who are 
who are buying the stuff. Uh, so you know, you know, I think people just. You know, you know I got I got to sneak something know, in. I I, I I heard you say something, Ken. I'm sorry, I've not had the privilege of meeting you. I, I love your work in the ring and what you do. But like you just said, they don't. What do we have to do to get more time? And that's a management problem. That's not you as a worker. That's not Nikki Bella's or anybody else's problem. That's a management problem. And the management problem is, is that they're not giving you enough time to get done what you need to get done. Something I learned very young in the business, and I don't know if it was Dickie Steinborn or Leroy McGurk, but they said we're not selling time, we're selling wrestling. And that's what you guys have to get across in that, in that. And I'm going to use the word because that's how everybody knows it today in the Divas division. I'm going to use that word. I don't like it like Bruce, but I'm going to use it. That's what that's what hurts you guys, I think, more than anything, is they shorten your matches up. If somebody else went long or something happened, then they cut time out of your match and then expect you guys to go out and be able to get the same job done, and it's, and it's impossible. So it's not y'all's fault. Let me just clear it up. It's not y'all's fault. That's a management problem that's not giving you the time to get your stuff in. Right. I think that uh, they, they they are definitely handicapped in that way, uh, where the first thing to get cut is, you know, the segment for the girls, their time, you know, to give, you know, other segments more time, and that handicaps them. So they are handicapped in the way of already out of the gate, they've been handicapped. So they have a, they have a bigger mountain to climb, to uh, achieve the the result and, and the respect that you know other divisions have, you know when the knockouts division over at TNA got started, they gave us in the in the beginning they gave us all the time we needed to develop a story and get it over, which is why the knockout division was so was such a success, you know uh, those first two three years, and then and then later they actually did start setting uh, uh, our time out and it. You know, we were handicapped once again. Um, I, I do think that when I debuted over at WWE, they gave me enough time to do what I needed to accomplish uh, at that time. I, I didn't, I wasn't there long enough to uh, to perform uh, my first <laughs> match. I was <laughs> blinking an eye, and I was, and then I was off on maternity leave. But uh, I think if I were to return, yeah, I think it's. It, it's a, it is a management issue, and the girls would have to band together. You were talking earlier about how um, a lot of people are about themselves uh, in this business, and that is true. Uh, and when you're about yourself and you're not about the fans and you're not about um, getting the product over or getting the show over in a whole, you're going to remain handicapped, and you're, you're not going. they're not going to Give they're not going to listen unless you stand together as one big voice and say, "Here's what we want to do collectively as a team. This is what we want to accomplish." Um, if you keep looking for after yourself, then you're not going to you're not going to achieve anything. Yeah, I know what I learned like, over there in Japan. I learned that in Japan. We all worked as a team in Japan. It was about getting the show, the product, the story over. It wasn't about one person looking after themselves. My job was to get you over in the ring. And then you and your job is to get me over in the ring. And as long as we focus on that, then we were success, successful. Yeah, and I and I know Bruce and Vicky's going to agree with this. That's the way it used I to be. To every place. Bruce and Vicky's going to agree with this. 
Every every place it was that way. That that everybody in the dressing room worked as one. It didn't matter if Andre was in for a couple weeks or the girls were in for a couple weeks. It didn't matter who was coming through or what it was. That territory and that dressing room was all about everybody on the card. Every drawing all we could so everybody could make the most money. Absolutely correct. I can remember, I can remember, like she said, going to Japan. And I learned, when I was there, I learned a whole new way of working. But back here in the States, when, when you were one of quote-unquote Moolah's girls, we worked together twice a day, two hours a day to get our craft down. And, Kia, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Unless the girls can together now to make their craft a craft, not a, and, and forgive me for this, but not a product, but a craft. Yeah, then totally. Women's wrestling mm-hmm. is going to die. And, and that's a shame. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, it's done. I, I'm in full contact with fans today. They want old-school women's wrestling. They're tired of all the, and, and I know you use the word divas, but they're t- and, and they use the word divas. They say, I'm tired of the divas. I want to see professional women's wrestling. I want to see what was back in the day. They want to see arm drags. They want to see flying mirrors. They want to see... They want to see forearms. They don't want to see, yes, they want to see the high flying, but they want to see more of the sport, not the product. And high spot ceases to be a high spot if all you're doing is high spots. You know, it's something yeah, that people... A finish, a finish is not a finish if you do five finishes in the same match. Yeah, it, yeah. one of the biggest things that, gives me cause for concern is uh, the last couple of years I've seen so many uh, of the better workers like Gail Kim and Beth Phoenix and uh, Mickey James and and uh, Kia they seem to have all uh, disappeared and you know I have nothing against these new divas or these new girls coming up but most of them aren't even brought in as workers they, almost every one of them is like a you know, a valet or something at first, you know, and then they uh, somehow they're evolving and into uh, supposed wrestlers, but most of them don't even work regular enough to get any better either. That kind of, uh, you know, I haven't seen any great improvement among many of them, you know. And, well, uh, but there is a heart there. When I, when I was training over there at the Performance Center uh, a little bit, this is right before I came back for the uh, the the Royal Rumble, uh, there was a young girl there that didn't come from wrestling. She, I think she was a model, actually. And, you know, uh, and and that's a big people, part of the we problem. are kind of predisposed to, like, not look down, but to be wary of people who aren't in the wrestling business for wrestling, but they that do come from the outside. And I watched this girl for a week, um, and she has a heart. She wanted to learn. She uh, showed up every day, and she would actually stay a little bit extra. She asked questions, and she wanted to learn our business. She had respect. She had more respect of 
our business and some of these girls who claim that they're wrestling fans coming into the business. And she finally got her debut. Her name is Summer Rae. And she did not come from a wrestling background, but I have a lot of respect for her because even though she didn't come from a wrestling background, she has a lot of respect for her business. She has more respect for her business than uh, another person on the roster, roster who has, you know, flat out said to the to the public, "I don't care much about wrestling. Uh, it's all about show business for me, and I'm all about, you know, the glamour of it." And that then gets that, frustrating because that that's when that said that needs. Stretched in the ring and taken out. Yeah, I yeah think, it's, like, it's so hard many of them though because old school fans. is dead. Old school is dead. A lot of you know there have been people that say that oh you know Awesome Kong she's been known hard to work with. That's for me. That's not true. I'm all about you know mixing the old school rules with some of this new school you know ideas that you know come around with this new generation. This new generation feels entitled. You know, they're entitled to everything. They're superstars as soon as they get their first bump. They're, you know, a superstar. They don't feel they have to earn or pay dues or anything. And when you have that attitude, when you come in and say, no, this is, this is, this is the old school, this is how we do it, this is the tradition of wrestling, and you're not backed up by the powers that be, it makes your job that much harder. Oh, totally. It uh, makes it right. impossible, you know. It makes it impossible. When, when you, as a ring general, as a captain of the locker room, say, you know, this is, the, this is for the betterment of one, our craft, and for you as a wrestler, for all of us, oh. but you're not backed up because people whine and complain oh. and they bitch and moan because, you know, they feel they should that, be the know, one, They should be the exactly. ones saying, they should be the ones saying that. You I know, blame uh, that on the promoters because I can remember back back in the day, you did what the promoter told you to do. I don't care what your what your specialty was. I don't care what whether you wanted to go over or not. When you walked in that ring, when you walked in that dressing room, especially with Don Owens, Bill Watt, you know. The Crockett, they had a specific general in mind. Okay, but they would also discuss it in the dressing room. What do you guys think about this? I can remember one time when uh, Roddy Piper was in Portland, and we all thought he was fired. He came out and did a live TV interview, and one of his comments was, "I've got enough. I've got enough room in my belly button." for Buddy Rose's brain, the heart of a promoter, and a cockroach egg. <laughs> and Don Owens, and, and if any of you know Don, Don is this little tiny guy. <laughs> <laughs> he, when he walked in the dressing room, we're all sitting there with our backs against the wall looking at Piper because we know Piper's fire. We know it. He walks up to Piper and he looks at Piper with this really stern look and he goes, I can't believe you said that. What a great interview. <laughs> the promoters these days have no interactions with their wrestlers who are in tune with their fans. Yeah, there has to be that synergy, you know. It should be all uh, totally like you're saying. 
you know, uh, everything no should be in, interactive, you know, with the, the fans, the workers, the bookers, the promoters. Everyone should be on the same damn page. Exactly. And I can remember at the, in the Pacific Northwest, and forgive me for keep mentioning that, that's where I started. Sandy's Bar was at the ticket office. When they opened that door, Sandy was talking to the fans. He was asking them about this wrestler, that wrestler. Uh, he, he was interacting with them. He was getting a feel for what the fans wanted that night. And then Sandy would walk in the dressing room, and he'd talk to all of us about what he had just said or spoken with interacting with these fans. So we had half a clue what to expect that night. And, and I don't think there's any personal interaction with fans anymore. No, very little from what I've seen, you know, and I, from what I talk to guys that are in WWE, the old, the old school guys, it's one of their biggest complaints. Everything is so scripted that the marks are not even uh, included in the equation. And uh, they just shove stuff down the fans' throats, whether they like it or not, you know, and it's a well, different dynamic, shoved, too. Uh, like, they shoved this rap, this gangster rap, down everybody's throat for how many years? And people finally said, enough. I'm done with it. How popular is gangster rap now compared to what it was? Yeah. And that's what's happening with wrestling. They're sick of having soap operas shoved down their throat. Well, I, I I have to go back, you know, and 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 again, <clears throat> times change. You know, they used to be in in football. It was uh, you know three yards in a cloud of dust, and you move down the field. Now you, every team's running a West Coast offense and throwing the ball all over the field, and routes and guys are letting the ball go for people to turn around. And I mean, there's just it's changed a lot. But the bottom line with football is it's still tackling and blocking. You still have to do exactly. some of the basics. And with wrestling right now, I think, you know, and, and, and Bruce, you'll, you'll, you'll know about uh, this. I know, I know Vicky, you'll understand. It still be damn wrestling, but it, it isn't. Well, I know, you but know. What, what I, the point I'm going to get at is, is when there's a problem or when there's an issue or when the angle's hanging and the crowd may not quite be what it wants to be or what everybody wants it to be, then the interactions between the booker and the promoter and the boys that are there in the territories, uh, maybe a certain group of them or a conglomerate of them, they're going to all get together and put their heads together and come up with an idea. And oh, yeah, Key, I, I don't, don't want to throw you under the bus here, but I, but I think sometimes with, with Vince right now in WWE, I think the writers from Hollywood and people that don't really understand the business aren't going to understand the old school way of figuring those problems out. So then they go to the only thing they know, and they've been watching the same TV shows that the fans have been watching. And you cannot write you cannot write angles or write or write conflicts with people in the ring when you're thinking the same way as the people that's watching the TV are thinking. And I think that's really hurts it today. And, and again, I don't mean to to make it sound bad about today, because again, I love what you did and what you, the direction they were going with you. When they brought you on, I know it was short-lived and way too short. And like Bruce said, it was like, you know, you were fixing to give somebody a stretcher job and they were going to carry him out there, and all of a sudden you were the king of the hill. 
And that's the direction this business has always taken from the Civil War days until about the mid-'80s, late-'80s, when this new era sort of took over. And it's unfortunate because you're losing that that group that group mentality of the wrestler mentality because again when i first started in the business and bruce may confirm this when i first started in the business in 1977 a lot of the old timers they didn't watch the tv show every week they watched the show as we made it and they knew what it needed to do to move forward the next week the leo garibaldi's and the red bastines and those kind of guys they didn't really watch the tv show when it aired you know, at, at 9 o'clock on Friday or Saturday night, Fritz, I don't know if Fritz ever stayed up till midnight on Saturday and watched the entire show <laughs> on Saturday night, but he knew what was going on on Monday night when we recorded it. And that's, well, I think that, that hurts the business today a little bit. I, I really do. I think they need to go back to that. And, I, I you know, um, I know Stampede was as old school as it gets, but... Uh, we had a really vibrant style, like the guys were anything but, you know, kind of boring. I'm talking about guys like Dynamite Kid and Owen and Pillman and Benoit and uh, David Schultz and guys like that, you know. And uh, But I think they need to revisit that old school uh, mindset, you know. And there's this uh, preconception that that's boring or like old cauliflower ears and wool tights, but it's anything but that. And, uh I think it I, needs to go back to being wrestling, you know, uh, rather than scripting and soap opera and all that. That's all fine. Have that element, but they need to have some. Uh, they need to have some old school heels. They need to have some faces who can sell and come back with fire, and uh, just those basic things like that. All the uh, is for me way too much crap that has nothing to do with wrestling that's the main course right now you know these contrived interviews and uh all, all the stuff but the wrestling should you know just like you were saying johnny football uh is still football you know whether it's souped up off it but a lot of times what i see out there these days is not wrestling i don't even know what the hell to describe it as it's just a bunch of uh people coming out there and a lot of bullshit interviews and a lot of uh, commentators yakking way too long and deep and deep is coming out for no reason. And, you know, everything's kind of, uh, you know, I think they need to reexamine it though and uh, not lose sight of the fact that it should still resemble wrestling, you know? Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you, I'm going to really date myself right here, but in 1969 in Florida, I'll never forget Dickie Steinborn taking me around the building. My brother Kenny was wrestling there at that time, and I was just a kid, just a young punk kid, and Dickie Steinborn took me around and showed me the ticket office and the marquee out front and all these different things about the building, sort of teaching me the the, the kid side of it. And I'll never forget him and, him, him and me standing in front of the building and him pointing up to the, up to the sign and saying, Kid, that marquee says wrestling, you got to make sure you do some. Always remember that. A great, a great line, a great, a great statement that day, but that's the very truth about this business. And I don't want to cut this, this segment short. 
we're we're about ten minutes, twelve minutes from the end of the show. I gotta tell everybody that uh, this has been one of the great evenings with women wrestling tonight with Joyce and Diane and Vicky and Kia on. You guys have been fantastic. I love it. I know Bruce will want to do another show and have you back on because this has been to me one of the great shows talking about the business of yesteryear and today and I know we all hope that wrestling stays around for many generations to come so that the the whether you're blind and crazy or 8 to 80 you're going to go to wrestling matches and see great entertainment and great athletic competition so and very easy I want to sort of get everybody to say their final statements and we're going to get done tonight and, and give a little promo for next week and for me personally Kia, it's so great to hear you on the show tonight i can't wait for you to get back to doing your thing in the ring and vicky again Kay and i meeting you last year and visiting with you at the at the tennessee thing and you bringing up uh sandy bar tonight brings back back such great memories god bless you for being on thank you for having me on kia um I want to say thank you for for what you did for the business. I know I was kind of hard on you tonight, but what your gimmick was fantastic. It, it I mean, I've watched you on, God forbid, YouTube. Um, and thank you for what you did for this business. I wish there were more women like you now in the business. Uh, we need we need more heart in this business. And I think that's what's gone out of it is the heart. Unfortunately, yeah. I wish I had a, be- I wish I had a button I could push right now and give you a standing O for saying that because that's very true, very very when, true, man. When, when when I was training to wrestle, my heart was to wrestle, and unfortunately, I have been. I'm in the middle of doing a documentary right now, and I had one. I'll use the term loosely lady comment in her interview that the only reason she got into wrestling was to sleep with wrestlers. And that's to me that was that was the saddest thing I ever heard. That that was absolutely the saddest thing I ever heard. You don't have to be a wrestler. And that is what I'm seeing out of a lot of the ladies. Not not only that they want to sleep with uh, male wrestlers, they want to be a star. Well, guess what? In order to be a star, you've got to be a wrestler. Hone your craft. Perfect your craft. Practice your craft day after day after day after day. If you don't have time to perfect your craft, you have no place in this business. Wow. Awesome. Well, Thanks, Vicki. Thank you. Thank nice you so much, Vicki. It's uh, uh, great hearing you, and I, I uh, appreciate your perspectives, and uh, I agree. Uh, you know, I, I wish there was uh, more people like you and, and uh, Kia coming into the uh, the business not only in the women's side, but the men's side, too. The business would be a hell of a lot better for us. And uh, thank you. Uh, I'd love to have you guys, uh, you, you back any time. Uh, so we've just uh, 
barely uh, got started here. So thank you very much, though. Thank All right. you, gentlemen, and good night, Kia. Good night, Vicky. Good night, Vicky. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much for having me on. And I guess to wrap it up, uh, I would just say uh, with the theme of what we've been talking about, um, everyone out there, just I appreciate, everyone should appreciate the evolution of wrestling, but at the same time, don't forget the old school values. Yeah, I, I believe it's going to come back to that, uh, uh, Kia and uh I think I, I still uh, think uh, you could be a cornerstone of uh, the women's wrestling. I, you know, I'm not just blowing smoke because uh, you're on here, but uh, the wrestling business needs somebody like you. And uh, you know, uh, you you really were uh, one that lived up to your name as awesome. You know, so I, I I'd love to. Uh, I, I, I don't know if I get to go back, but like I said, I really do have old school values, and that comes with an opinion and a mouth. And a lot oh, of people nowadays are really uh, they, they walk on some, eggshells back there, so they're afraid to speak up for anything. They need, you know, they, feel the they need some women with attitude. You know, uh, I need a female Dwayne Johnson or, you know, something like that. So, but I, I'm, hey, uh, hey, like I'm going to say. I'm going to say real quick, Key, if you ever get to the great state of Texas, please look me up. I'd love to meet you in person. I'd love to sit down and visit with you about today and yesteryear. And, and uh, again, I really appreciated what you were doing in the ring. Thank you. What part of Texas are you in? I'm uh, right up along the Red River, just north of Dallas-Fort Worth. I'm about an hour and 20 minutes, 30 minutes to Dallas-Fort Worth. Okay, I got friends out there. I will do. Yeah. And, uh, if you ever make it up to uh, Calgary, uh, Kia, love to uh, get you out in the ring, and uh, you know, uh, you know, I can't say enough about you know, wrestling needs more people like you, and I hope uh, we see a return of awesome Kong or Karma or, or whatever. You know, I think the business would be uh, you know perfect perfect time for uh, something like that these days. So. But thanks very much. I uh, appreciate your coming on, and I'd love to have you back uh, any time. You know, uh, we just sort of scratched the surface here, and uh, be uh, great to uh, hook up with you again any time. Yes, I'd love that any time. I'd love to come on and. Yeah, my uh, niece, uh, as I might uh, throw in, uh, had nothing but the highest regard for you, Natalia. So. Uh, Oh, but, I love uh, Natty. We first met in Japan. I love her, and that's, that's another girl who has a lot of heart. You know, she could have written on her name, but she didn't. She put in the work, and I respect that. Yeah, so I uh, appreciate that, and uh look forward to uh, hooking up with you again, uh, hopefully in the near future, Kia, and thanks very much for coming on. Thanks for having me. You guys have a good night. Thanks, Kia. All the very good night. Best. Thank you. Hey, Bruce, real quick, I know we're running out of time, but we've been sort of waiting all night to get Melissa Coates on. I think I've got her on the oh, line geez, right now. Uh, yeah, I'm well, here. Yeah. Are you on? <laughs> I'm here. I, I, I apologize. I, I didn't know you were on there, Melissa. And, uh, you know, uh, oh, no, it's fine. I, I, I certainly don't have the reputations any of your <laughs> prior oh, guests yeah. have, so yeah, you know, I, 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 uh, I don't pretend to. So, I, you know, I, I, it, it's perfectly fine. I, I completely understand it. Uh, yeah, I, but, um, I 
you know, I, I wasn't even informed till uh, just just now, but I uh, I appreciate you coming on and. Uh, Oh, no problem. I would, uh, it, it, I'd love uh, to have you on again. You know, I, I know I've uh, heard nothing but good things about you from uh, Natty. Oh, thank uh, you. She said that you managed her or something like that at one time. Yeah, yeah, we work together at Deep South. Yeah, I have some really nice photos of us together. She's fantastic. I'm so happy to see her do as well. She's doing. She's a really good person. It's kind of like what was mentioned, you know, just a few minutes ago. You know, she yeah, put the hard she work had nothing in. but she, nothing but uh, great things to say about you, and uh, oh, that's you know, she's so yeah. I uh, I apologize wholeheartedly. I didn't even know you're on there. I uh, you know uh, appreciate you're hanging on the line and. Uh, most definitely, no we'll uh, we'll have have to have a, a divas part two uh, thing and uh, get you back on there because I think we just scratched the surface as far as some of these issues and perspectives yep. about uh, girl wrestling. So uh, I'd Definitely, love to, yeah. I'd love to hear your story, and I, I know some of the people you I hear hooked up with like the Wild Samoans and Dory Jr. and uh, even old Killer Kowalski and some of those guys yeah. are plus, you know, I used to know some of those Corey Everson and some of those Rachel McLeish yeah. and some of them. So I'd I'd love to get your perspectives on uh on that end of it too. So but Yeah, definitely. Um, I've kind of branched a lot through, you know, fitness and professional wrestling. So it's Oh yeah, you know, there should I, be I, I a, a lot more of a, a synergy, you know, that I think uh, you know, when I was just uh, when I was sort of uh told about some of your accomplishments in bodybuilding and all that other, uh, you know, I was almost like shaking my head and saying, uh, how did she not get a better opportunity, you know, because it seemed like you had all the uh, prerequisites for... uh, Well, thank you. So, but yeah, I definitely love to... It's a tough business. It's definitely a tough business. You know, there's a lot of kind of backstabby... The cream doesn't always rise to the top. It's, it's, it's very cutthroat. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I, I mean, I, I'm, you know, I'm not going to say I'm the greatest wrestler in the world and stuff like that. I think I'm, I'm competent in that. But you know, this, it's just, it's, I'm actually a really nice person. And sometimes, you know, you just got to be smarter or, or be more, more defensive. Like, you know, stuff would happen. I'd have no clue what's happening because it's not things I would do to other oh, people. But, uh, uh, you know, At no point should that ever be a, a liability or something. You have to apologize for to be a nice person. You know, if you yeah, do, then okay. there's something wrong with this business. If if that's a detraction or detrimental, but uh, yeah, I know what you're saying. Probably more more you know maybe a little more business smarts when when certain things are going on. But you know it's 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 pretty cutthroat and it's the top of the top. So you know that kind of stuff. Oh yeah, will the higher you, the higher up you go, the uh, the more they like to go for your juggler, you know. So, yeah, but, uh, yeah. So there was just stuff that I, you know, I didn't realize when I was at developmental, certain things that were going on. But, you know, in retrospect, I do. So it took a while, you know, it took a while, but I, I figured it all out eventually. It was pretty, um, kind of late leading to the scene when I did. But, you know, I still love wrestling. I still do it a lot. Like, I've got a ton of shows coming up, and I'm still in really good shape from fitness. And I'm eventually um, going to well, I'm friends with... Um, Dr. Goldman is the founder of the International Sports Hall of Fame. That's at the Arnold Classic every year. You know, oh, yeah. uh, Sam Martino's in there. Yeah, and so is, um, you know, Mark Henry and, you know, Arnold's and then, of course, in the Weeders and people like that. 
Uh, oh, yeah, I know a lot of the, you know, just from having interacted back in the day with the, uh, I'm not sure if you know some of those power lifters, that were Kazmaier and yes. some of those yeah. guys, uh, I knew them pretty well, and then we had a lot of guys like Ockham Albrecht and uh, way back, yep. Franco Colombo and Loy, uh, Robbie Robinson and uh, Roy Callender and some of those guys, but, uh, but yeah, I, I, I as I said before, we just sort of scratched the surface here. I uh, I apologize. You know, I, I'm not sure who was, you know, uh, maybe an oversight. But, you know, I'm, I'm glad we well, I think, got a chance to get you on here for a little bit. And I'd love to, you know, sound like you got a great story. So I'd love to hear you, uh, you know, get you on in uh, a future okay. show and, and just get some perspective about, uh, you know, not, not just the wrestling, but you know, you got to hold the story with the uh, Miss Miss Olympia and all that other, you know. Which well, is, thank you. you yeah, know, the, and like, I was just talking about Dr. Goldman. He does a lot of. Uh, he's a, the head of the anti-aging um, society of, of the USA, and I'm, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna take uh, all my experiences and and you know turn it to a good business to help other people, you know, because of course all of us want as much longevity, you know, career longevity as possible, so all of us need our yeah, bodies you want to be functioning, a, yeah, and, and your quali- books, quality of you're life, a woman, and, length of life, yeah, and all that other, yeah, yeah exactly, so that's kind of where I, I, I plan on, you know, slowly transitioning when, you know, I'm not able to wrestle anymore, or do modeling work, so, you know, I kind of have plans and good friends and, you know, contacts from from both businesses, so, you know, it, it'll be a good, meaningful, you know, transition when oh. I eventually, you know, do that, so I'm I'm happy to use, you know, so again, yeah, I, I maybe didn't get as far as I wanted to, and, and you know, WWE, oh, you should be a great, thing, but... You should be a great, uh, you know, uh, source of advice and information for people like yeah, Eddie and the, the Divas, you know, they should all be... That's uh, what I was thinking. Yeah, know, yeah, because I... That I, would I be of great benefit to any of those girls, you know, for them to talk to somebody like you who's, you know, kind of, you know, been so successful in uh, in the bodybuilding and the fitness end of it, you know, so that's yeah, thank part you. of it. Because so. it definitely, you know, it took a while for me to learn how to stay in condition and, and wrestle. You know, it's hard to oh, wrestle very lean and... It took a while for me to adjust to that. Yeah, totally. You devoted your life to it. uh, You know, uh, that's why they should be listening to you. You know, you attained, climbed the mountain, you know, so you're entitled to uh, offer perspective, you know. But, yeah, I know know one perspective I would say, and and I don't want to insult Melissa. I I know your background and I know where you come from, but I think one thing we need to tell everybody out there, and I work very closely with men's health, is, if you don't use it, you lose it. And if you're not if you're not yeah. taking care of your body, you can't. That longevity is going to be out the window. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But there, you know, there's a lot of things. Like I radically had to adjust my workouts and my my eating and stuff like that to you know adjust to wrestling. You know, it's definitely you you can't like. I noticed a lot of the more fitnessy girls who came from the fitness business and then got into wrestling, they would lose their conditioning. And honestly, it's that happened to me at the beginning too. And it's, because your body gets used to resting, training twice a day, and eating six times a day, and sleeping a lot. And once you get to wrestling, it's just dramatically different. You know, I've been oh, a huge synergy. You know, I, I don't want to digress, but I I trained a lot of the uh, bodybuilder, powerlifter types up here, like those guys mm-hmm. I was mentioning, like Kaz Meyer and RCD and uh, Roy Callender and Ockham Albrecht yeah. and uh, 
some of them uh, couldn't adapt, or they couldn't kind of as two different uh, types of training with the wrestling and the uh, the lifting, and you got to find yeah. that happy medium there because. Uh, you know the, yeah. the lifting uh, kind of is is kind of uh, not conducive to some of the stuff you're doing in the wrestling. So but, exactly, uh, yeah. But I'd love it's to have like uh, hooked up with you when you're. You know, I trained a lot of the divas, and I'd love to have uh, hooked up with you uh, back when you were getting into it. You know, I'm, uh, yeah, just I from what I, I uh, I've uh, read and heard, you know, you got a okay. awesome uh, you know physical element and. Um, I've been told you got a great attitude too, and it sounds like you do too. Well, so. Thank you. Uh, but uh, I'd love to have uh, hooked up with you back in the day when we were training Natty and uh, some of the other girls that we had up here, you know. So, but, but yeah, uh, I was on as I said before. State, I, I'd love... kind of, I'm originally from Thunder Bay. I'm originally from Canada. Actually, well, you're but, uh... actually a Canuck. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I didn't even know yeah. that. I. I thought yeah, you were maybe yeah. from uh, Florida or some such place, you know. But uh, no, I, I that's cool. Up, um, yeah, no, I ended up getting a, a green card from uh, all the stuff I did with professional bodybuilding. So, I, you know, by the time I got into wrestling, I'd already been living in the States. I was in Los Angeles for a while. But, um, you know, definitely, yeah, I mean, if I had still been up in Canada, I definitely would have come out by you. I was actually over in Edmonton not too long ago doing a RCW well, out there. And they flew me, well, actually, as being know, flown yeah. into Calgary. <laughs> oh, I didn't even I know that. I was in Calgary. I, uh, <laughs> uh, I, Definitely love to have you back on the uh, the show in the future, Melissa. And uh, yeah, well, as Johnny was saying, uh, just scratch the surface. Yeah, well, you know, if I if I get up through Calgary, because um, I made some connections up there, like I'd love to come past uh, past your school. Uh, oh yeah, I'd love to meet you. I, uh, I uh, you know, as I said before, I got a lot of respect for what you've already accomplished in bodybuilding and all like that and just to have done that you know you have to have well, applied you. yourself and uh been pretty dedicated you can't do that without uh being pretty focused and dedicated so you know that's the same formula for it's, success it's, it's in this business sure. yeah i yeah. think it would be really nice to 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 me you know it would be motivating i think and you know, you sound great, and I love Natty. So, I mean, for me, it would be, you know, it's like nice, happy yeah, extension I, I of a family, you know what I mean? So. Square one, and I, I, I won't digress, and I'll get finishing up here, but one of the things that helped Natty was when we were training her, is, uh, she was training with guys, not just girls, you know, and um, same when we had Bertha Faye or Rhonda Singh up here, yeah. you know, and that's a big part of it, you know, too many of the girls that are, you know, I, I've seen divas or whatever, but they never were around the boys that much, and uh, yeah, you, you gain yeah, a lot of perspective. You know, I'm sure it's the same in bodybuilding. You know, you probably you know don't just train with girls. You know, I'm sure you're probably around a lot of the uh, male bodybuilders and getting insights and perspectives from them. You know, and uh, it's it's that, more like I guess the fact that yeah, you're responsible and should be good and not just try to, you know, be pretty and girly and stuff. Like, I actually used to wrestle a lot of men, you know, with my bodybuilding background. I was oh. more muscular than a lot. I don't have, I don't do that so oh. much lately. I do it a little bit still. Um, I'm a lot smaller than I used to be. That's what I was trying to get through to Kia. You know, they're, they need they need some more women out there in the wrestling business that 
look like uh, athletes and ass kickers, yeah, that not just like uh, models and cookie cutter uh, pinups and stuff like that. But yeah, anyway, I'll let, I think I'll the let, crowd, uh, honestly, I think the crowd and, and people who really know wrestling, they want to see women wrestlers. You know, they want to uh, see like they want to uh, see you know people who look like yeah, they should be wrestlers. That's I really well, what I think the crowd they wants should to be, see. They should be awe-inspiring. They should look like the uh, you know. You know, I want to fight yeah. her type thing, not like some little, uh, you know, Playboy pinup type thing, you know, or whatever, you know. But anyway, yeah, I mean, I've, big... I've been at shows. I was at this show where uh, I think it was Maria and some other fitness. It was a few years ago, and Natty was tagging with someone else. I can't remember who it was, but I remember they ended up having. A, I don't think Natty got pinned, but they ended up putting the the models over Natty and her partner. And oh, the crowd that, that was part of you know, the problem with Natty. For years and still is, they're always telling Natty she needs to cut weight and she's, you know, too heavy and all this kind of stuff. You know, she's, you know, uh, and she's fit and all, but, uh, you know, and that's part of the problem. they got too many of the girls that are supposed to look like these little uh, model types or, uh, you know, playboy well, I'm pinups. Sure, I'm, sure she could, I'm sure she could do it. I, I would probably have to go over her diet with her. It's really a matter of cutting a lot of carbs. Eventually, your body, like, it took me a while, but eventually your body adjusts to the fact that, you know, you eventually end up getting the proper energy you need. It just might be, it just might take a little bit of time. You know, oh, yeah. I would have me, to talk to her about nothing, her diet and see uh, There should see be nothing wrong with looking like a big, you know, powerful Well, athletic. she looks great. She looks fine, yeah. you know, but I, I definitely, you know, I mean, I think, you know, she could still, uh, you know, if that's what they keep saying or I'm, I'm sure she could still, you know, knowing her and for, you know, when she was training at Deep South, I'm, you know, she's strong. I'm sure she could handle, a, you know, a little bit of a, a altering her diet a little bit or just adjusting it a little bit so she burns off, you know, carbs when she needs oh, yeah. carbs oh, instead she... of vegetables. It's just, you know, there's... There's a fine line, but she definitely has enough passion for the business where she, even if she's tired, she can dig it out of herself. That's what ended up happening with me. Is I, it was hard as a bodybuilder to handle the energy demands at first, and as the years went by, I'd be like, I could still pull it out of myself, even you know when I would end up being lean enough with a six pack. Like I've leaned out about ten pounds the past, the past year. I'm much leaner now, um, but I still keep the strength because, um, you know, I I love it. So I'm, I'm able to do that. And that's, you know, at first when I was doing wrestling, it was so different from fitness that I wasn't sure I was making the right choice. But, you know, eventually I just, you know, see certain things that would happen when I couldn't wrestle. I'd be like, you know, I really miss this. And I feel confused if I'm not doing it. You know, or I'm depressed or overly anxious if I'm not wrestling. So it's something I've always kept with. And, you know, strangely, now I'm getting better bookings and better paying bookings than I than I ever have. I have no idea why this far down the road I'm getting paid better than I've ever gotten paid, but for some reason I am. So you You're, know, you're so the I'm exception to it. the rule. Most of yeah, it's, it's weird. Paid far less. What it is. Yeah, I mean, I was just well, about ready to just go, my God, yeah. I have bills to pay. I better move back into to fitness. And then I started getting all these really good bookings that were, you know, flights and hotel and paying well. I have no idea why I lucked out and had this happen now, but... Well. You know, it's it cool. happened in the past a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So I'd love to see uh, you know, I'd love to see more people like yourself and Kia and you know being yeah, brought Kia's into fantastic. it because uh, it uh, business 
I think would be a lot better for it, you know. But anyway, we won't I think so look. too. I, I spent a, a nice evening with Kia, like I was down in Tampa, and I ended up staying at her place a couple of couple of nights because uh, some other plans where I was supposed to stay fell through. And you know, we had long conversations, and you know, she's a fantastic person, and she wrestles for wrestling. Oh yeah, she sounds like a nice, you know? nice so, kid, you know. So I yeah. and you guys, you guys both do actually. I'm. Uh, Pleased, you know, because uh, no, no arrogance or no attitude, you know. So you guys sound like nice people. And actually, all all the girls who have been on tonight, uh, you know, sound like uh, great people. So I'm yeah, I'm happy good attitudes for that, and, and they and they yeah, approach no, wrestling because they love wrestling, not just whatever you know yeah, thing about oh, I got into wrestling yeah, so I can sleep with the guys. I mean. You know, unfortunately, yeah. there's a lot of girls that do that sort of thing, or they use that to to get plays. I, I mean, I never did. You know, and obviously, no, they never did credit, either. But know. yeah, yeah, it's maybe not that bad nowadays with WWE. I think it's much more corporate. Um, but I think in the past, there's probably some of that going on. You know, I think now they. Uh, I don't. Yeah, I, I, I don't even know. I uh, I tend to agree with what uh, you and. Uh, Vicky, you were saying before, you know, it's probably uh, been prevalent at times in this business, you know, which isn't cool. But uh, yeah. But anyway, I'll let Big well, Johnny uh, call it a wrap here or whatever. But are you still on there, Big okay, John? Okay, great. I am. And Melissa, I got to say thank you so much for coming on late. I'm sorry. I just oh, thank you. We just had the numbers show up on the board where I could get to you. We would love to have you back on. I know Bruce would love to have you back on and and talk oh, I'd some love more. That and too. And, I, and I'd love to hear more of your story. Like I said, I, I know about you, but I don't know a lot about you, and I'd love to hear more of your story. Yeah, definitely. Likewise. Think, you know, especially with the fitness, I could bring in a, a good perspective from, you know, the people who are friends with Arnold and stuff like that. And, you know, it's kind of cool because there's a much stronger – it's much stronger than when I first started in wrestling. There's a much stronger relationship between the fitness business and, you know, the magazine fitness business. And, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger, I think, was on Raw not that long ago, right before um, – one of his films came out, you know, and it, yeah. you know, it's nice to see the two businesses working. I, I think actually they're going to do some next, I heard this when I was out at, um, I don't know, last year I was doing media at the Hall of Fame event um, that I was um, talking about earlier to my friend, Dr. Goldman, and um, I think they're planning, I think the WWE was having a meeting, and I don't, I don't, I guess it's not a big deal if I say anything, but I think they were going to have an NXT show there next year, or... Uh, do you like a, a diva thing because they're you know they're much bigger into fitness girls or you know they want the girls with the lean bodies hard bodies sort of thing so I think there's there's going to be cultivated like a much stronger relationship which probably would have been nice like if it had been this strong when I was first getting into it because I would have had probably you know more support through through that way by the time I was in it there wasn't there wasn't a huge there wasn't that I strong they, lean cut between the one thing you'll notice about them. Uh, Melissa, those they seem to change with the weather or whatever they. But uh, but yeah, I, I think it would be. Uh, I'd like to see them have more fitness emphasis, but at the same time as yeah. I'm saying to to uh, Kia, there's a lot more room for big girls and girls of all shapes and sizes. You know, I yeah I, yeah exactly. I, I'm not yeah. I'm not a big fan of the cookie cutter little uh, Playboy pinup diva you know, uh, mode that has kind of been in vogue the last few years. You know, I think they need a few more, uh, you know, kind of big girls and girls, yeah, ordinary like looking. Yeah, 
and I, yeah. I think the fans, you know, I think the fans would agree with you. I mean, I just know when I've, you know, been in the audience watching shows and I see the reaction. I mean, you know, when, when Beth and Natty were, you know, I've always wanted to do like an LOD chronic sort of women's tag team. And oh, yeah. When Beth, they and, were, when Beth and Natty were guys, the, the ball was They were kind of the exception that. to that rule, but they, uh, you know, they could work, you know, and uh, I think that should be one of the primary uh, considerations beyond everything so the else. The sad thing is, the whole sad thing is they did nothing with Natty and Beth together. Those girls, they ended up putting over all the, like, little baby faces. Like, you know, Kelly Kelly is yeah. a great gymnast and stuff. I, I wouldn't say Kelly Kelly's a great, you know, wrestler. I, I think she's a really interesting No, there was a gymnast. bunch of them that were borderline or marginal athletes, you know, that were being pushed just because they were nice looking, you know, or yeah, well, hopefully they uh, weren't like sleeping Natty. with people, you know. But, but yeah... You know, less than anyone forget like those girls should look like they're... Look good. Yeah. Yeah. If, you know, if it's just looks, you know, you can go to a stripper bar, you know, they should be looking like athletes, you know, and, you know, like yeah. tough, tough girls, you know. That's, you know, yeah. if if they're not, if they don't look like they know a wrist lock from a wristwatch, they don't belong in there at all anyway, you know, so... But yeah, anyway, yeah. we'll, we'll save that for <laughs> our next dissertation. <laughs> Okay, but, fantastic. Yeah. Well, I definitely hope uh, hope uh, to meet you in person sometime in the next few months. I'll try to get up to Calgary. Yeah, and, for uh, sure. And uh, and uh, if you were in Texas, uh, make sure you hook up with uh, my friend Johnny too. You know. I, uh, yeah, yeah. I'll try to. I was in Houston not that long ago. I'm not sure. I, I think I'm pretty much booked up here. I need to double check on some of this stuff because someone was putting it together for me. I think I'm pretty much booked every weekend for the next three months. So I'll be all over yeah. the place. And, all uh, over. I'm in California we'll coming up. With, with Johnny's wife, Kay, you know, who has also, uh, you know, uh, been involved in the business for for many years, too. So I'm okay. sure that would be a pleasure, too. So. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Well, awesome. Well, I'll let you guys go. And um, I think um, I think maybe November, I was talking to, to uh, Bob earlier. I think he was saying there be another girls uh, divas night maybe in November or something so hopefully I can get on a little earlier for that one yeah be a uh, be uh, a thrill I'd be uh, happy to have you back on and uh, and okay. uh, we get that. some of the other girls uh, you know we've been seeking to get Wendy Richter and some of the others on there too so you okay, know, I love it uh, great to hear your perspectives thanks okay. Melissa awesome. so well, thank much you for so being much. on yeah, thanks so much for you, too. And, um, yeah, I really appreciate it. I look forward to speaking with both of you again soon. So, awesome. all right, have a great night. Good night. Thanks okay. very much, Melissa. No problem. I'll, I'll, I'll talk to both of you soon. Have a great night. Thanks. Thank you. Okay, bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. All, all right, Bruce, we're, we're down to just me and you. I, I'm going to let you finish up the show, but i got to get a couple things in. First off, next week is the montreal theme show. We're going to have Pat LaProd and... Alexis Smirnoff on, and you need to watch the Heartbeat Radio calendar for all the great October guests coming up. Bruce, again, we've knocked out a little more than two hours tonight, and the stories and the comments that were made, and just like with Melissa there, I agree with what she was saying about the fitness and all that, but you know Dick Murdoch was fit, but he didn't look that fit. He could get the ring and and he could go an hour. And I Ray think Stevens. the thing, Ray Stevens, I think the thing about wrestling is 
and we and I know I, because I'm an amateur guy, I always go back to amateur wrestling. But if you ever went to an amateur match, now there's ten weight classes. Every body type's a little bit different as you go up that ladder of weight classes. The body di- body types change a little bit. So whether it's Nikki Bella or your niece or whoever it may be in the ring. The bodies can't be the same, and it's the same thing with the guys. You know that. I know that from my years in this business. My brother Kenny used to say there has to be somebody on the card for everybody in the audience. Not everybody likes a bodybuilder. Not everybody likes the big fat guy. Not everybody likes the guy with hair all over his body. But some people do, and you have to have somebody on the card for everybody there. And I think really the theme from the whole night is the fact that it is still wrestling. That marquee still says wrestling. And if we don't do some, we're going to run it off the planet. And I think that's really the bottom line to what everything that was said is that we've got to keep wrestling in wrestling. And what they need to do, Johnny, I won't get off on another tangent, but they need to go back to square one. They need to go back to the grassroots and uh, reestablish a new generation of wrestlers you know, uh, and you can't do it in these uh, cookie cutter factories. You got to go take it back to the people and backwoods little towns in Amarillo and San Angelo and uh, Lubbock and Red Deer and Lethbridge. Or, you know, and uh, that's a big part of it. And we'll discuss that further in upcoming shows. But. Uh, that's that's one of the biggest uh, threats to the existence of this business is the, uh, you know, eradication of the grassroots and uh, you know uh, something that, you know, uh, somebody told me WWE's got a new uh, state of the art facility down in Florida with nine rings and all this other, but uh, it's like that movie uh, Rocky when, you know, he went back to the uh, the ghetto. You know, that, that's what the wrestling business needs and WWE uh, if there anybody out there listening uh, they need to take it back to the grassroots and uh, if they don't uh, who knows if they're going to survive you know but we'll discuss that in upcoming shows though I'm sure absolutely absolutely man well I know for me and Kay here down here I didn't get Kay on tonight with us we I kept getting an echo back down here on the board so I promised We'll get her on for you again. Yeah, I appreciate Kay coming on. She got us off to a great start. And, uh, you know, uh, thanks very much, Kay. So, Bruce, you take care of yourself. Tell everybody up in Calgary that I send my regards. And, again, my friend, uh, you got a place to stay when you come to Texas to come and hang out with me for a few days on the farm. Well, thanks very much. I know we got a, an upcoming show, I'm told, with uh, our old friend Terry Funk. So uh, I most definitely, uh, I'd like to have you on for that one. So, Absolutely, buddy. Well, God bless, my friend. I'm getting out of here. All the best, and uh, same to you, and uh, talk to you soon, Johnny. And I'm still looking forward to uh, some, some of your uh, uh, beef jerky. Or we've, been, we've been gathering everything up for another run, <laughs> man. I promise when the, first, when the run goes, you're going to get a batch. <laughs> I'll look forward to it. All right, man. All the best, Johnny. Good night. Thank you. You bet. And from Heartbeat Radio, good night, everybody.